The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying Now I'm hoping during this second service that we have a question you can ask it even with things that were discussed in the first meeting so there are things we may have said in the first service that you might like to ask something about you can write it and pass it or you can raise your hand and it's appropriate and just ask it the book of matthew let's read chapter 7 start from verse 6 and then we'll continue from verse 13 do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before swine. If you take from the first meeting and add to this, we saw that we are meant to be holy people. And here we are told by the Lord that holy things should not be given to dogs, which would immediately put a question into our minds. What is a dog? Yes, you think we should find out what dogs are? Or you thought he meant dog, dog. Now, he's using an example that all the people at that time would understand. They would understand a dog not to be just a physical dog. Not at all. I'll give you a few quick examples. First Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 43. Goliath asked David, Am I a dog? He said to David, that you come at me with sticks. And the Philistine crushed David by his God. So here you have a human being saying, he is not a dog. First Samuel 24 verse 14, this is David speaking. And David says, against whom has the king of Israel come out? He's saying to King Saul, Who, whom are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea, like He's speaking and showing you that the word dog can be used symbolically. And he's saying, what am I? I'm nothing. He's referring to himself as a dead dog. Have you come across that verse before? No, I actually want to say that phrase. Have you read before that the scriptures say that it's better to be a living dog than a dead lion? Making the point that a person... Now, I wasn't writing to dogs. Dogs can read, okay? You do understand that, right? You thought he was talking to dogs. I think it's the book of Job. Better to be a living dog than a dead like Ecclesiastes, sorry, 9 verse 4. Say there is hope, however, for anyone who is among the living, for even a living live dog is better than a dead lion. Is it clear there that he's talking about people? He said anyone who is among the living. And he's equating human beings to dogs. Take those. If a dog is a person, a person that one might look down on, but a person after all. And David was in summary saying, please, I am not that relevant. Don't if you look at Second Samuel 9 verse 8 and 16 verse 9, all of it just to make the point that people are referred to as dogs, something to be kicked, something to be despised. It's important for this generation because this is a generation that goes on to, I mean, the times we are alive, people esteem animals sometimes more than human beings. So we are living in one of those strange times 
people esteem animals even more sometimes than a people. All right. Second Samuel 9, it says, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog like me? This is funny, but this is a son of guess who? A Saul, my grandson, but son, like he's, he's from the lineage of Saul. I remember David. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to David. Call himself a dead dog. Remember David had talked to his father, Saul, and said, I'm a dead dog. Why are you pursuing me? Now, his lineage are calling themselves a dead dog before the one they pursued. That's right. In this world, watch what you did. You don't know when you'll be your turn to be a dog and a dead one. Yes. Um, Second Samuel 16 verse 9. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog cross my lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. So the guy's name was uh, Shimei, and he was abusing King David when he suffered an usurpation of his throne, when he was deposed by Absalom. And so he says, he calls him a dead dog. All right. So it's abuse. <laughs> A belittling, someone can use it for themselves, but just to say, I am not just lowly, I am dead, I am, I can do no harm. This irrelevant, I'm irrelevant, and understand that this is use of dogs. Then you should understand why, when the Lord says you shouldn't give things to dogs, it's a scenario that speaks of an irrelevant thing. Don't give that which is. Good to that, which is irrelevant. But let's look at it some more. Psalm 22, 22nd Psalm, verse 16, verse 16, and then we will look at verse 20. It says, For dogs surround me, a band of evil men encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Is this clear? You know, this was a messianic, this is a messianic psalm speaking about the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus referred to this psalm when he was on the cross. You see them say, pierce my hands and feet. They didn't pierce David's hands and feet. It was, he was speaking on behalf of the Lord Jesus. And he calls, who were the dogs? Who were, who were the people surrounding Jesus at his crucifixion? Huh? Jesus' disciples. Where were those ones? They had, they had something they had to pay attention to somewhere. They had moved. <laughs> Jesus had said they would scatter. <laughs> they scattered. <laughs> the only person that came around a bit at that was John. And the women, women were a bit safer in a certain way. They wouldn't bother women. They weren't considered. That John was related to the high priest. They was around there. They related. But the rest, Peter and Co. had all run away. Dogs surround me. A band of evil men. So we can clearly see that dogs refer to evildoers. Yes, evildoers. So not the other reference to dogs was an irrelevant person. Someone that presents no threat. Someone that is of no real consequence. Then this time, it's um, someone who is evil-minded, unrighteous, doing what is wrong. That's a dog. Those who do wrong. Those who join up. Those Pharisees. The Sanhedrin was there. Don't you know the Sanhedrin was there? The Sanhedrin, the ones who had him sentenced to death. The Jewish, Jewish rulers, they were there. And there was also Roman soldiers who were obeying. I don't think he was referring to the Roman soldiers as much as the leaders. Soldiers were just obeying their orders. That's what they had to do. The ones who made the decision to have him killed is a different group. When you look at verse 20, it says, Deliver my soul from 
the sword, my precious life from the power of wild dogs. Calls them wild dogs. Okay. You want to understand it more? Read the whole chapter. And then he says in Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs 26 verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. A dog is a fool. The one who repeatedly carries about the same foolishness habitually. So this is it. Who has seen a dog vomit before and eat it up? Good. You were slightly disgusted. You were grossly disgusted. You don't know what disgust means. They might be the one say, what, what does that mean? Disgusting. Who has not had the privilege of seeing a dog eat his vomit? It's obvious. Can you picture something and then lick it up? <laughs> that disgusts you. I wish I could gross you out more. If, I, if only I had video. Don't do it, but I will find video and show you. <coughs> because the scripture says that when you repeat folly, that that's what you're doing. So stop attacking dogs around the world look at yourself find a mirror and ask yourself why do you behave like a dog you get rid of something bad then you turn then you pick it up again you 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 you, you your body you expel that which is not good and then you take it back up again in the book of galatians paul called it transgression transgression that which you have thrown away which you didn't throw it away mistakenly you threw it away because you have found out it is wrong this is evil. This relationship is displeasing to God. You ended it. I'm sorry. This is the end. And then you went back with your two hands plus your leg and brought it back to yourself. Reached out again to what? To an evil person. To someone that is irrelevant to your walk with God, to your journey. So dog to dog. Yes? No? You look for a dog behaving like a dog. If that offends you, you better focus on repenting. And if you're guilty, you better feel bad. Sometimes God's children behave like dogs. Now you're not the definition of a dog, but we have been known to do things we shouldn't do. To touch things that we dropped. To re-embrace that which we pushed away. We have been known to not know times and seasons or act as intelligently or wisely as we should why must we understand this because this is the exact opposite of being holy separate we threw up something it left your system it came out of you you separated from it as long as food is in you it's in you when you throw up it's supposed to stay out even if something else comes into you it will be something else not not that which you got rid of. That's disgusting. Do we look at Galatians? Said so if we do this, we have become transgressors. We shouldn't be transgressors. Shouldn't pick up that which we've gotten rid of. We do that. It's not just hypocritical. It's the very thing that you condemn. I'm trying to keep it short. But um, you can read from... Yeah, if you read just one verse, that would be nice. But... Before we get to verse 18, let's read verse 17. It says, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister, the servant of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. 
What is this he's building again? Who destroyed it? He destroyed it. Who is building it again? In other words, that there are things you should destroy. Do you agree? We read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's look at it briefly. There are things that are meant to be destroyed. It's God's will that some things be destroyed. Anyone that tells you, when you come to Jesus, you still have all you had before, but only better is lying to you. Anyone that tells you that everything you have, it's okay to have it. It's not true. And I have to hurry back to Matthew 7 so you can understand. It's not true. One of the greatest regrets people will have on the day of judgment, even if you're generally approved. If you look at the book of Luke chapter 12. It says people will be disciplined when the law comes. He says some people will be disciplined a lot. Some will be disciplined a little. Because uh, the thinking is often, oh, it's either heaven or hell. That's it. We forget the discipline. There are people that will go to heaven, but you'll be disciplined first. It's scriptural. There will be discipline for how you lived. The mindset that says, no, no, how you live doesn't matter. The main thing is, will you make heaven? It's a wrong idea. And God give me the grace to keep emphasizing it. When you have believed error for so long, they've told you certain things about people for so long. And then you have experience and it is not as you were told. It is best such things happen here now. It is not best you wait till you see the Lord. Then you discover that you, the whole, so many foundations of your belief system we're wrong. And you have the Lord. You, you stand in front of the Lord like maybe we'll see in Matthew 7. And someone stands before the Lord and says, in your name I did this. And is happy and boasting. And the Lord says, I never knew you. It, it is not anything any one of us should take lightly. You, you, you don't want to be shocked horribly. You, you, you want to hear, you, you didn't do what I wanted oh, fully. Oh. You, you only did 50%. Eh? And you knew I wanted you to do the other one. Oh yeah, come. I'm going to discipline you. Luke 12. Again, someone doesn't know. Please. Luke 12. Going from verse 44. So, look at what it says. Truly I tell you, he will put me in charge. Okay, 45. Look at this. Keep going. But suppose that servant says in his heart, my master will be a long time in coming. And he begins to beat the men servants and maid servants. And to eat and drink and get drunk. This is a servant of God. The master of that servant will come on a day he does not expect. At, and at an hour he does not anticipate. Then he will cut him to pieces. And assign him a place with the unbelievers. Now watch. That servant who knows his master's will. But does not get ready. See these are the words of scripture. It's called getting ready. The mindset that says no once you're justified you're fine. That's not what Jesus said. This is Jesus speaking directly. He calls it getting ready. What I said in the first service about justification. That is you qualifying, being accepted in the beloved. Then thereafter, you get ready. You don't get ready to be justified. I'm not saying you can't prepare your heart to give your heart to Jesus. I'm saying the getting ready is not to go to heaven. The getting ready. You get ready to meet your Lord. That's sanctification. He calls it getting ready. The servant, the ma servant who knew his master's will, but didn't get ready. For what? I'm saved. I'm washed by the blood. No, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus saves you and washes you by the blood. So you start getting ready. You're not getting ready to have your sins forgiven. You're getting ready to be judged and to enter the next age, which 
has been stressed is not meant to play out in heaven. According to clear scripture, I like to say it's clear scripture because people think, uh uh-uh, what interpretation are you using? No interpretation at all. Not plain. You know, there are things you need to interpret. This one, there's no interpretation. The way it's just written, bah, on top. You know how something's on top. Then there are things you have to bring out. You don't bring out from scripture that it's not heaven that the future is in. There's no bringing out. It's on top. You know, and that part bothers me a lot because you know how you hear something, but you never look at it yourself. Now, when you bother to even look at the Bible, just on top, just look at the disciples asking Jesus every time about the future. Every time he says, when I come back and I'll set up, it's obvious it's on earth. Every time. It's, it's not sometimes say, you know, uh, when I, you know, when you people come and join me, there's no joining. It is clear he's coming. That's what I mean by saying it's on top. It's not, there's no deep rema. We dig out, bring it out from under the cupboard of God's revelation container. Have you seen what I'm showing you? It is obvious. And what should this do to you? It should make you significantly driven to read your Bible. And pray for God to open your eyes while you read it. How can something be so plain? But for endless centuries, we go around telling everyone, you know, if you're going to make heaven, I keep, I like to clarify, if you do die now, you're a child of God, you do go to heaven and wait. But it's obvious, heaven is for waiting, not for living. Paul was very clear. You look at Second Corinthians in chapter, the fourth chapter, and he continues the line of thought into the fifth. And he says that there's a heavenly, body waiting for you he calls it a tent a tabernacle he says it is in heaven that you are it's waiting for you in heaven in and it's clear it will come from heaven and clothe you you look at the book of revelation it's so clear it says the heavenly jerusalem comes out of heaven so where outer space i'm just giving you a few examples of things that are so clear then you look around and the generality of my brethren worldwide for millennia go around saying you know i have a lasting home all i took from that when i got to understand these things many years ago was if we can make mistakes about things that are so clear can you guess what we have done with the ones that are not clear or is this too heavy for your brain can you imagine what we have done with unclear things there are things that are hard to be understood yes then there are things that are not hard to be understood at all everyone Jesus rose from the dead. His disciples gathered around and said, Master, will you at this time return, restore the kingdom to Israel? Did it sound like he was talking about, they, like they were talking about going anywhere? They all knew that the kingdom would be revealed on earth. All Jews knew it. There's no Jew that didn't know, they, except the Sadducees. Wow, those guys had issues. Ooh, <laughs> you know, the Bible says the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They believe when you die, you're gone. And Jesus answered them one of those times. You know, that's one of those times the Pharisees liked Jesus. Because the Pharisees believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not. They no, no. Once it's over, it's over. <laughs> Jesus often blasted the Pharisees, but Jesus would tell the truth. And he said, if there's no resurrection, how come the Bible says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He didn't say he was. He said he is. Can you imagine all his argument rested on the word is? You didn't see that. And they were honest enough not to argue. Nowadays, people are so dishonest. They will argue. The Sadducees kept quiet. The Bible says he said that and they kept quiet and left and didn't ask him any other question. In fact, they didn't even ask him about that matter. He was just on a roll. 
So he turned, they were around him. So he addressed this matter, addressed that matter. He said, by the way, this matter of whether there's resurrection or not, have you ever considered that he says, I am the God of Abraham? Where is Abraham? I thought he was dead. Jesus argued it like that. They were honest enough to not argue. Today, people are so dishonest. You show them something plain. It's plain. They'll dispute. It is why most people, if you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, will bow to the beast. The scriptures say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that because they do not have a love for the truth, God will hand them over to a strong delusion that they might believe a lie. So I'm constantly challenging everyone. When you see something and it's true, don't dispute it or you might be handed over to something. A strong delusion is not something you fight. Um, a strong delusion is, I don't know if you've seen someone crazy before. So she them on the road. The other day I was driving on the road. I saw someone he's walking very fast. This, how he was walking. I thought, well, maybe he's just going somewhere. He was walking straight like a human being. You can, people walk like that. Maybe it's going to rain or something or they are rushing somewhere. But there's a way he went until he stopped in the middle of the road. At nobody. Now you are saying he's crazy. Define crazy. He's seeing things you're not seeing. He's hearing things you're not hearing. That is a delusion. He's delusional. You remember when you had malaria and you saw things? You remember that malaria where you see things where, where, where life, things are different from reality. Where your mother walks in and you say, auntie, auntie, where is mama? And they say, Kai, bring, 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 bring a cold tower. <laughs> they start attending to you. All right. So delusions look real. And there's a spirit. No, give it to me in Second Thessalonians Please, for those writing, it's only for you again. We have to put some of these things so that you can see. The Bible says, no, start from verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the walking of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder, and with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing because they refused the love of the truth that will have saved them. Verse 11. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe the lie. Do you see this? This is horrible. You don't want this happening to you ever. So the, the way a delusion works is you believe in a lie. And this is already happening to so many. Many of it happened to you before. But God showed you mercy. Why do you, why do you think we constantly pray for God to open people's eyes? And why you, when you pray for those you love, pray for anyone you're preaching to. Always ask, this is the prayer to pray. Not this overemphasis on protection. Oh, God protect. Oh, God. Every spirit of accident. Oh, God. What's the use of being alive and worshipping the beast? Is it not better you died now? Before the Antichrist comes and you, and you pledge allegiance. What's all this big deal on living, living, living? You're alive. To do what? To cause problems? To accumulate flogging. You know, we are going back to Luke 12 now. Point is this. If you are alive, be alive in reality. Be alive to reality. That's the word. Reality is truth. Aletheia in the Greek. It, it, it means that which is certain. That which is sure. That which is. Which is. Is it here? Am I touching it? Okay. This is reality. The truth. But when what you believe in is figments of your imagination things that the enemy throws at you and you say do you know 
Do you know everybody? Doesn't matter how you live. No matter what you're worshipping. Doesn't matter what you do. As you die, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody. I'm telling you. That's universalism. That's a lie. But if you believe it, you do what you like. You live how you like. Why should we bother? Why do we try? Why should we return good for evil done to us? When it doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> Why marry one wife? For what? Two wives are better than one. Like only in one place for physical pleasure or in any other way. <laughs> Sorry. You go, you become like Solomon. You just go vanity. Vanity. All oh, is vanity. That's for marrying 1,000 women. When Solomon concluded his life, he wrote there, there's only one thing that is good. That a man is married to the wife of his youth. That means the first wife. Good stuff. <laughs> Wise man Solomon concluded when he was done, guys, stick to your wife, full stop. Take it from the man who married a thousand. Take it from him. I think he knows what he was saying. You, you may ignore me, say leave him. Doesn't know what he's saying. He's afraid of his wife's people. Fine. <laughs> Is that him that pleases you? <laughs> but take it from man solo, who was so rich, <laughs> his wife drove him crazy. <laughs> One thousand women. The guy just goes, meaningless, meaningless, oh, meaningless. God had told him so. Genesis 1 should have told him. Jesus said in Matthew 9, he said in the beginning it was not so. In the beginning he created them, not male and females. Male and female. Male. Do you pass English? Hmm? Female is one. Many or one. One, singular. Not plural in the beginning. So all your ideas of, but are you saying God, if I, if I was you? I'll just leave all those questions. You know, all these unnecessary questions people ask. But leave it. Pray for a good spouse. Work on yourself. People like praying for good spouses. May God answer the prayer by making you one. Mm. Amen. Have ideas in your head. I know if I can just find a good person. Who is it? Define a good person. And you? And you? No, a good person is someone who does what? Now, that thing you want, work on it hard. Or if you think your spouse might end up doing the opposite, work on enduring it. Work on managing it. So your spouse flings, will spling things around the house. Practice now with your siblings, with your roommates, on picking things without complaining. That's how to practice. That's how to prepare for marriage. You're here, you're preparing for marriage? How? How do you prepare for marriage? By prayer. I don't fail every day. Since I was 15, I lift up my spouse. You bet. Stop. You know, I, I, oh God, God bears me witness that <laughs> I am so utterly serious about this. The things you people do in Christianity, the funny ideas you, you take and enthrone. I've told, don't be praying for, you see, on our way back, we are passing all the way back to, no, we were passing through, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 first. We are passing all the way. There's a time for everything. You hear me? To everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Every, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. How can you uproot? Jesus, Christ, everything is good. No, 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 no. So you want to bring forth, you want good things, you want a good spouse. Let me just, you know, again, somebody for you. For you. This is what you should do in not your spare time, full time. Be praying about you. Father God, make me, prepare me. To be a good spouse. How? Fruit of the spirit. How? Love. Ah, no, I love. I wouldn't marry them if I didn't love them. What you have at the beginning of marriage is not come, is not love. Listen. Okay, I don't want to stress my people. We have very few married people here, but you see that thing you have. It's called chemistry, maybe. 
If it's there, it's not, you don't have to have it at the beginning. You see that feeling you feel, that one you felt. Some of you felt it when you were 10 years old, that person around you, all that, just silliness from watching movies, uh, reading books, shouldn't be reading. You know, and some just natural. You're always, mm, have ideas. You have funny ideas in your head. It's okay to do that. You're human. But to actually think it's what you build marriage on. That's like thinking because you like cake. You build your house on cake. It will not work. Everybody will die. It will fall on you to wipe you out. What destroys marriages? Lack of reality. This thing we are calling delusions. You believe a lie. Ah, no. How you know it's the person? Leave all those things. Now, how many billions of people have done that thing? Stop. That's not how it's done. Where should you learn? Oh, the books of books. Scriptures. They will teach you. Plus, the one who wrote it, the author, he will teach you. He will give you understanding. He will give you perception. He will give you precision. He will tell you this is how it's done. This is where it's done. This is the way, you know, and so on. He will guide you. But what can I tell you from my own experience and even things I knew before I'm from learning from those that are wise, who have worked with God, who fear God, who love the Lord, and who love their spouse. What you felt at the beginning is called emotions. It's natural. Some of you felt it 10 times before you married. <laughs> Since you felt it many times before, that should, that should tell you that thing can come and go. And then even after people marry, once in a while you're around someone in your office, he's so nice, she's so sweet, all that. You felt the same thing. You're married though and you're feeling it. So you should marry them. So how can you build your marriage, your life on something that is so... So I repeat, that thing you felt is not love. That's not love. I heard someone say, and he was pretty and a preacher. And I said, oh, I was in my office and I, I fell in love with a lady. Not referring to his wife. That is... Instead of saying I, I was tempted, say I fell in love, I, was, I had a real problem. He was a, a, a much older man. He doesn't know. He hasn't studied it. Eros, from which you have the word erotic, is the child of Aphrodite, otherwise known as Ishtar, Ashtoreth, just depending on the culture, just demon stuff. Those, you won't find it in the Bible. The word Eros does not occur in the Bible. It's Greek for uh, romantic love, if you may say. You know, and there's a whole generation built on romance, romantic love, romantic feeling. So you build, that's what's in all the movies. It's in all. So you look at that and say, no, look at, and then you start picturing that you would like to have that life. I, I like to stress it to you before you marry that you should pull down that idol, pull it down, trample on it. You better get rid of it because people, so many people all over the world came together because of that. The problem with that glue is that it does not work. It does not do. It, it's like believing in, in, in a, hey, take this piece, you take this piece. Oh, I want to fix your book. And then I take some water, water, and put it as well. I'm putting gum. When it dries, and it won't be long, it will dry. Some people, it dries within two days, some two weeks, some two years. Then reality sets, and then they start saying, I, we are no longer in love. You were never in love. You were in eros. What you needed is called agape. Agape is a completely different matter. You don't even get it from earth. You can't find it. That gum now from above. And you need to keep resupplying. Around two years into your marriage, you need to renew your stock. Another three, after seven years, you should know where to buy it. There are people, when I talk like this, you start feeling, I know now this thing, this one, I say, no, 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 no. Let him leave this side. Holiness is his emphasis. Let, let him not talk about marriage. He's, 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 he's weakening people. You will find out I never weaken anyone. Oh no, I'm a strengthener of Israel. I strengthen people. 
How I do it is by tearing off your scales. Let your eyes be open. See, if you pay attention to me and do the things I say, you have a much happier marriage than if you listen to people who tell you funny stories. They say the funniest things that are so unrealistic. And you, because you're not married, you think it's real. You know how the Bible says it's better the one who rebukes, but later on you'll be appreciated than the one who... Don't ever let anyone tell you that if you're warned about the future of something, it means they are weakening you. If someone tells you, listen, as you have started school, you need to study. Try and make it consistent. Have a timetable. If you don't do that, you may fail. Don't say that's a bad person. That's a good person. The person that says, you admitted, my brother, don't worry, everything will work out. That's your enemy. Open rebuke is better than hidden love. So don't mind people that try to give the impression that they are helping you by lying to you. There's a price to pay for anything good. Marriage is a fantastic thing. The price you pay is high. If you don't believe it, when you leave here, go and buy a goat and roast. I confused you. Go and buy a goat and roast. Who feels like eating goats with today? Serious. Who would like to eat roasted goat's meat? Roasted. Very nice. Good. All right. You like to, Abby? Just like you like to be married, Abby? When you live here, go and buy. Don't they sell goats in you? If you go to Nasarawa, that is the place they sell things. Would they have it? How many of you are planning to buy it? How many of you will go and buy it after this meeting? Where are all those hands? Why won't you buy it? Why won't you buy it? The price. The price. Is that not why? Uh, but that's what we do with marriage. You want a happy marriage. You don't want to pay the price. You think. So someone told you, marriage is... How much? 20 naira. And you enter with that mindset. You look at the packaging. The guy is fine. The girl is... Packaging. Biscuit. No. So I'm loving you by telling you the truth. There's a price to pay. For it to be peaceful. For it to be more joyful. With the troubles. Seeing that First Corinthians 7 says those who marry will have troubles. It comes like that. How? Because when two human beings are together, there will be trouble. Ask Cain and Abel. When one day are two. Ask Adam and Eve. There was only Adam, Abby. And then there was Eve. Whoa, man. Trouble. Cain. Abel. Murder. It's what happens. Human beings. Is the effect of sin, okay? Uh, for just in case, because someone does say, but you can't do that to us. You started talking about it, you didn't wrap it up. So what should you do about marriage? Don't listen to the messages I've shared on marriage. But how do you prepare for it? That was my emphasis. You, you, in that marriage you will be in, you may cause 50% of the problems. You don't understand, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know. I know. You see, the issue is if it was someone else, or if it was God, or an angel baptized with the Holy Spirit, but it is you baptized with the Holy Spirit. And there's something about you. It doesn't matter what you're baptizing. You. So, so let's work on you. You, you, you. And who will do that? What we discussed in the morning. The vine dresser. The Lord. Allow him through any vessel he'll use to do the work. Learn humility. You will learn, 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 learn. Long, long, long before you married. Long, 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 long. For years, you should have been preparing. Instead of praying for somebody. Praying, God, find them. Keep them for me. Make them behave well. No, you you behave well. God, help me behave well. Help me produce fruit. This is why you must have fruit of the Spirit. Let your beloved come into your garden. Is that in the book of Songs of Solomon? 
Your beloved is to come into the garden. The garden of the fruit of the spirit you have been planting since. So when he or she acts a certain way, there is peace. Not fire for fire. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't plant any peace. You didn't produce it. Say no, no, no. With my Everybody plants. You hear them when they are in love. They say, no, she's very nice. Very humble lady. You look at them with pity. Hey. Okay. Wonder when you wake up. I wonder if you wake up shortly before the wedding. Or is it the wedding night? Or is it the day after? See two weeks later. Putting your best foot forward. You can only do it once in a while. Why? If you always put forward your best foot, you never move. Who can move like this? The other leg that is not the best foot is about to come forward. When people marry or they are courting, they always put the best foot forward. That's the only foot you see. You think the person is one-legged? <laughs> When you marry, the other leg will show. Bah! You start seeing this leg a lot. For every one of this one you see, the ring is on. We have said I do. The other one comes out too. You will have and you'll be wondering, where did this come from? After we married, he changed. Nobody changed nothing. What you have is what you had. You were blind. That whole concept, love is blind. It's not in the Bible. Better not be blind. Your eyes must be open. So you know exactly what you're getting into. After you get into it, everything that is not as bad as you thought, you give thanks for. Are you understanding? You don't understand. When someone scatters things and you come in, the feeling is a feeling of, thank God it's not so bad. I heard it was so bad in this other person's room. I only have to pick three items, items of clothing, only three. I heard that this other person's room is 17 every day. So, so evil becomes good. You understand? You give thanks. Father, thank you. There is only three clothes I'm picking up. Thank you. I thank you. Because if it's 25, your waist might pain you. Add to pregnancy. Not easy to bend. So someone comes back from work. All those your ideas of when my husband comes back and meet him at the door. You never wonder why your mother never met your father at the door. <laughs> you think they didn't plan to? Mom will be different. <laughs> Young people. <laughs> Whenever I call her, no matter what I'm doing, once I hear. <laughs> one week. That's if you're at home. One week. You do, if you do it for one week. Come, I'll buy something for you. <laughs> <laughs> Expectations, keep them low, very low. So they, they will always perform above it, so you'll never be disappointed. That's how you'll be happy. You'll be very happy, because they will never disappoint you. Expect little. I'm not saying you should go and get, look for low quality. Uh -uh. Pray, let God guide you and direct you. But when you do come with it, Stay, you know, keep it simple. Keep it simple. God will help you. You need God. He needs God. All of you need God together. Everybody, she needs God. If your heart and your mind is in the right place and you allow God to make those decisions, expect some raw material. Don't expect the fruit to be ripe. You'll be green. Some of it, you have to keep it for a while for it to ripen. The circumstances of your life together will help it ripen the good. God allows it. That banana that looks green will be yellow. But you may have to wait. Is this clear? You may have to wait for a good while. You stay, 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 stay. And the day will come where you look at your spouse and go, oh wow, she's really changed. 
It has really changed. But not your plan. That thing people do, especially females. They say, no, no, when I marry, he will change. Please, can I tell you, in case you don't read anything, that it never works. Don't ever plan to change someone. And stop reading nonsense novels. Don't read them at all. Wait, when I write a novel about marriage, then you read it. Eh? In between, read your Bible. Don't, don't. Leave that thing. Leave it. Don't harm yourself. And don't look down on your parents' marriage. And they're like, hmm? They can't even make a simple thing work. Work. They sent you to school. It's not easy. It's hard. If it wasn't hard, let me give you one reason it's hard. Because the devil attacks it viciously. That's why. The devil, people can be in a relationship. Boyfriend, girlfriend, live together. And not, they won't have near to one over ten of the problems married people have. Because the devil supports immorality, cohabitation. He doesn't mind. He's happy. You're, you're sinning daily. No problem. So you have less problem. Even if you people have shortcomings. The devil is not attacking. It is encouraging the immoral relationship. But once you marry, you are doing Ephesians 5. You're reminding him of Christ and the church. That's where the problem begins. So if your spouse, again, this is why people say they changed. Uh, some of it was already there. You just didn't know. After all, the only place you met was restaurant and church. Best dressed state. Best put forward. But after you marry, every other state. What's the use? Why do you need to pretend? Huh? So, I encourage people, try and be normal. Long before, even if God said, an angel said, this is the one, this is what, fine and good. Don't be fake. Always. Why? Because you won't be able to be fake at home. Let people get used to things. Not the one after a wedding day, your face. Every time they saw you, you look like a sculptor, a Greek sculptor. The skin was flawless till you removed the pancake and all you had left was onions. <laughs> Not small, like 250. You should have allowed that to be seen long before you married. Hmm? That's why you shouldn't borrow clothes to go and visit someone you want to know. Don't borrow anything. Use keke. Don't borrow a car. Don't meet someone. Say, oh, I want you to come and know a place. Then you invite them to your friend's place. Meanwhile, you live behind that, your friend's place. Don't do any of that. Be 100% real. Speak normally. Hear how I'm speaking. Speak normally. Talk with them how you talk. Don't switch on the voice. Hello. <laughs> After you come in and leave it. <laughs> okay, I can't illustrate. Let your brain do the rest. You know? <clears throat> My throat is... Um, no, but... No, and they realize they have this whiny, high-pitched voice. And they are wondering, where is the person that used to say hello? They find out that you are an udobong. Everything you used to come with was boring. You weren't real. And I don't mean clothing now. I mean you. You were a matched character. You deceived. You thought, no, we have to. No, you shouldn't. That's hypocrisy. It's wrong. You should only... People will already be shocked. All of you, when you get married, your spouse will be shocked. Don't worry. Let's reduce the shock quotient. And so let's keep it low. Hmm? They will be shocked already. I can't give some of the examples running through my head. They will be shocked. So let's keep it low. Only two shocks a day. Why 45? You can't cook? No, no. So go and start cooking now. Say, no, I'll learn. I'm planning to do a course. Like six months before I marry or three months. I'm going to... Nobody can eat food that you start preparing three months ahead. You have to start preparing like six, ten years. You should have started cooking for years. Okay, you're here, you don't know how to cook, and you're a female. Yes, sir. Go and learn how to cook. It's not even a joke. They even joke. Of course, except you're a visitor. But even if you're a visitor, if you're my church member, hmm? I will even wed you. Go and learn how to cook many kinds of food. Different ones. You must, or you cause problems. 
and then you and then you know how annoyed you know how angry people have been when they hear a woman in the the room praying tongues and she can't cook do you understand <laughs> all right so there's someone here you're guilty all right that's what i'm talking to don't joke with this oh. don't joke with it at all i will not once i ask the question from your spouse what's the problem she can't cook yes come and follow your husband and go. just go there's no I'm, there's no discussion because someone will be angry at this. Meanwhile, it's five other things they are angry at. But this is the one that triggered. But that's not the trigger. The real trigger is the head. Thank you. Every time he eats, he thinks of home. Then you wonder, why are we always going to your mother's place? Because he wants to eat real food once in a week. And you know, I tell people when you get married, guys, don't go to your mother's place or father. Stay away from your parents for a long while. If you're a parent and you don't like it, go and read your Bible. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother leave he said leave leave move away go away from them for a while you can visit once in a while but that thing where from oh i love my mother so much no she's the one woman when a man comes to whether it because some will lie say my mother is the one woman well, i don't know who your pastor will be if i'm your pastor you better we will post that wedding let us deal with this one woman issue. Will you marry her or her? Let's be clear. There are many young men like that. I've addressed this extensively in certain sermons. Very terrible thing. They think it's love. Don't be confused. It's why I tell people, I say it unabashedly. If your parents is here, I'll say it in front of them directly. Don't call your child every day. Your child is how old? Is it because we have phones? Don't call your child every day. You, you cause problems in all of you that talk to your parents every day, you have problems in your marriage just from that. Because you, you don't know what you're doing every day. Hello, how are you today? They say, oh, I'm my daddy's little. Leave. You will leave. If you said the other passage was for men in Genesis, I'll give you the one in Psalm 45. 10. It says that you should forget your father's house. house. That's relatives, everybody. Does it mean you forget from? No, it means that they can't be... ah. You put it, a listener daughter, consider and incline your ear to what Pastor Ita is telling you now. Forget your people and your father's house. That's in scripture. She was about to get married and he was telling you how to operate. How are you going to not forget your father's house? So you come, everything that happens, daddy hears, mommy hears, you will have problems. You must have, and it's your making. Your own hands have destroyed your marriage because you didn't have wisdom. In all you're getting, you didn't get understanding. You didn't prepare at all. All you're thinking about is clothes. If I had my way, everybody would wear black. So you stop thinking, okay, blue or brown. Pink is nice for the female. Stop all these things. That's not marriage preparation. I think we're very ridiculous. Noting down things. Noting down website styles. Noting down. Stop all those things. You don't need any of that. That's not marriage. That's a wedding. And it lasts for a few hours. Are you preparing for a wedding? Are you preparing for married life? That would maybe longer than your life so far. Even if you marry at 30, are you planning to die at 60? You may live till you're 80 with that person. How long should you prepare? Shouldn't people prepare for important things? Oh, it's very important. No, I cannot joke with my marriage. But you're already joking with it. Learn how to cook, even if you're a man. Because madam may be in the hospital with a baby. Learn how to clean. Be clean. Are you writing? Right. So you say, but he said this and that. You didn't learn how to know how to cook, know how to clean, male and female. That is be clean habitually. Go and listen to the things I've thought about this. 
Males get your own audience. Females get your own. Not now. If you're writing exams, don't, no, let's not catch you. Get the series of things on it. You know, all these guys that wear socks that smell. Don't do any of that. You must know how to. I address that. Go under the past seminar and other things. Know how to. You think it's simple. No, that's why she's irritated. She's acting somehow. Why is she not acting every time? These are smelly socks. Disgusting. And you're like, no, now that's how I've always been. That's the point. You can't be like that. You should have learned on your own. You should have taught. Always think the rule. Jesus gave it. It's done to others as you want done to you. It's a very simple rule. Would you like to be picking up things you have to hold with your forefinger and look where to put it? Learn simple things though. That as you remove the socks, you turn it inside out and you air it immediately. It will not, it will not stink. It's that simple. I was practicing all these things long before I married. Knowing the kind of socks not to wear. Some people, I don't know if you think you're a cook or pit. Because you create the circumstances for steaming. I don't know. You don't, many people don't think of anything at all. Wear silk socks. Socks that breathe. What I mean is, is yeah, that's, it's, it's not, silk socks. Light. Wear thick winter socks. Is it winter here? Thick things. Wear it. Boil your feet. Tie it very well. You always like your legs looking like this. Cook it in sneakers. Then come back, pull them out, boom, boom. Two atomic explosions, the house is defiled. It seems little, but it's a big deal. Is it wiping your feet? Uh, uh, at the beginning, honey, darling, you've dirty my floor. Or, no, 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 don't come in. Mm, don't dirty my floor. That's at the beginning. When you've quarreled, nobody will be talking to anybody when they are entering. Mud, mud, mud. What do you expect? So she, already there's been winter between you. No talk. Then you're doing this on top. You should be lucky they don't poison you. But these are the reasons. Love, that other thing you call love, keeps being stabbed, 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 stabbed. Till all those emotions you used to have in the restaurant have all disappeared. That's where every one of the people you've ever had most don't tell it, except they are separated. You hear them say, I wonder what I ever saw in him. You haven't heard that phrase before? I wonder what I ever saw in her. That is out of the 52 qualities I thought they had. I wonder how I even saw it. Delusions. Because you're not real and you haven't been trained by the spirit of truth. If the spirit of truth is your teacher, he will tell you these things. He told me simple things. Don't do that. And I wasn't trying to get married. I was focusing on being a good Christian. You know your sister is the one that mops the parlor. You don't dirty. You wipe your feet thoroughly. This is your sister. This is not your spouse. You wipe, you wipe, you wipe. You look at it. Is it clean? Look at it. Then you enter. Not not caring. Utterly selfish. Then you think when you marry, you change. You will not. You will just be a source of pain. And by the time they are sitting in front of you and saying, Pastor, it's not working. You see, who is going? Many of them don't even know. That long list. You, you don't know the list of offenses. You've caused offense so many times. Both sides, sometimes one side much more than the other. One side can bring 80%, 90% of trouble. Some people do it in timing. It's my, your turn. Ah, the first four years, seven years. Then the woman goes, my turn now. <laughs> if you know how many men, by the time they are 60, it's the wife's turn. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. The wife is like, hmm. My turn. And you see unforgiveness, she might go to the lake of fire for it. There are many women.
the husband was a tyrant, cheat, wicked being. Now, he's old, weak. The woman's children are grown and on mommy's side. Okay? Get ready. All these men. <laughs> Secure your future. Love their mother. You enter one chance. And that's not the reason, but it's one of the reasons. Head of men dying in their rooms. Old men with big children abroad. Dying. Maybe from malnutrition. From neglect. You're wondering, how is that possible? <laughs> you haven't seen or heard. Who has heard any of these stories before? Horrendous, unbelievable. Her mommy is in Netherlands. She just traveled there from USA. Her next point of call is France. They have four children. That's where they are. The only one in Nigeria is in Abuja. That's where she normally stays. Where daddy? Abba. How is he? I don't know. We don't talk. But a guy was a guy around town. Having power. Once upon a time. <laughs> Barking. <laughs> Everywhere. Terrorizing the whole territory. Not thinking of the future. Coming to his senses very late. All the birds have flown the coop. And here you are now. Reality is coming. Look behind. See, see that thing coming. It's called reality. It's about to catch up with you. There are those who say, no, I won't do that. I'll look for one young girl. One thing or the other. Don't do any of that. Fear God. Love God. Obey God. Simple things. You'll be shocked at how powerful simple things are. And I found out that the best way, just find out God's will and do it. Sometimes it's the woman. Jump you up and down. I'm not talking about the many, many, many that are separated. Separated completely. Lot of unhappiness. Unhappy children. And since unfortunately many young people, I used to read growing up, I thought it was white people that had all these broken families still. About 13 years ago, I began to come across young people from broken families. I, I didn't know it was so bad. I simply didn't know. That's, you know, and many times I'm praying for them. I remember back there in my office, talking to a young person, praying for them, advising them, telling them not to hate their parents. This one is on this side, this is on this side, this one is on both sides, this one, no side. Just hate, anger, and running everywhere, looking for love. Everywhere, looking for love. Looking for love from everybody else. Trying to get into a relationship because they feel abandoned, neglected. Very sad, very real. Now, this is the warning because you might be coming from such a situation and you're like me, it will never happen. Can I advise you not to presume it will not happen? If you approach your own marriage with pride, it will never happen. You likely, you'll be shocked at what is known as a familiar spirit. Spirit, you understand the concept of the sins of the fathers. Things pass. Among the things that will surprise you very much, I am always warning our young people, is that in the future, you'll be so much like your mother as a female. You, including many of the things you hated in her, you have the potential to replicate almost all. Same thing for guys. As you stood there and say, I can never, it's my father, I can never, I wish you die. All those thoughts you had in your heart before you really came to Jesus, before you were taught that that's wrong. You'll be shocked at your ability to replicate what your father was. Don't presume anything. The Bible says in Galatians 6, let those that are taking the fault, you that are spiritual, restored in the spirit of meekness. Seeing that you also may be tempted. Just know that anything you look down on people for, you may do it. Especially if it's your parents. Why? Because you saw it. There's something about the human eye and ear and heart that it's like, it's like we are photocopying machines. I don't know why, how someone can hate something so much and repeat it so thoroughly. Your father was a drunkard, used to beat your mother. You grew up, you used to try to protect your mother. You loved your mother. Then you grew up. Do you know how many men do that? Do you know how worldwide become drunkards that beat their wives? But you hated it so much. What happened? 
because you sat as judge and sentenced the guilty party in your estimation to this and that from a place of pride god resists the proud in other words you don't have grace from god to overcome that thing because you were proudly assessing it you didn't go down and of course if especially if you didn't forgive the bible says when you stand to pray matthew mark 11 25 forgive if you don't forgive your father will not forgive you if god doesn't forgive you it means you don't have help if you don't have help you repeat it the demons that worry your parents worry you too that thing that pushed him leave her she doesn't love you leave her she's very selfish she's using you for her family leave her oh boy you better enjoy yourself now as his friend said it oh boy no kill yourself for a woman oh after they go grow all their children go take care of them you then go abandon you See, by be you enjoy life that's why he'll be running after other girls because bad companies give him bad advice and he's drinking and he doesn't care he has all these demons telling him stories and he said not that some of the things they say may not be true but still he shouldn't do it that way rather he should love her to change to love his children and they change and he would could go on to be a good husband and she could go on to be a good wife the wife too say all oh, this one you're doing you're just there you don't know you, the next thing who abandon you cheat on you better grab as much money as you can from him if he has more money grab all you can and keep watch out for you and your family you know all these people they are looking out for their own family meanwhile the man may be spending 99 percent on you you're still accusing him so people come with the baggage from where they are coming if not from physically observing demonic spirits from that come and try to attack you too if you haven't learned to fight it with the word of god the shield of faith if you haven't learned to fight long i repeat long before you got married you're preparing you're building up you're preparing see anything at all you have seen in your family anything know that you are a very likely candidate to repeat it that one is guaranteed father mother i don't care how much you hated it doesn't mean anything that you hated it so it's only god that can help you therefore you must turn to the lord and go to the word what is your family known for your father is, was very promiscuous moving around you're a guy you find that you guys tend to be very precise in your study of the word of god on faithfulness fidelity and all of that keep company with those that are righteous avoid all such things or you stumble in those areas same thing could be said for the woman or your mother never respected your father you used to look you know she didn't respect him spoke about him badly constantly and all that i can assure you your husband could be an angel you try to treat him like trash till he becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when he realizes you don't respect him one day he he'll decide in his mind this woman you are rubbish to meet you and you make no effort then you start doing the things that make you say and hey you see that's how many men became how they are the woman came with the mindset that next thing you will i know you will some even say directly even when the man is not doing that you must be guilty of this all men are like this so you force it on him till he says you know what there's no need even trying to please you since it's useless everyone wants to be rewarded for their effort but obviously i get punished for my effort so why make the effort then he becomes it very many men that's how they became bad men. i found out when i grew older when you're younger especially every young person takes their mother's side typically if you grow older and because men don't talk much so you wait till you're around maybe if you're 35 your father might talk to you one day but seeing as your mother has already spoken to you 1875 times 
it's very hard to uproot what mommy has said with one 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 discussion when daddy said uh, come i and your mother have not had the best relationship <coughs> when we were younger and she, he starts talking he said, when is he talking he's 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 70 talking to you now and likely to his son not to a daughter you the daughter you're already in her image and after her likeness no need poor husband you marry because when you marry him you hear shaggy you show him pepper all of these things i've just described the word of god a relationship with the spirit of truth can save you from it all you won't be saved from this huh now you see how we left serious talk about dogs and holiness to talk to people here they're always here disturbing someone's message but i always yield to it because god loves you and if god loves you enough to interrupt a teaching on holiness to talk about your future and you still despise it what you're looking for that's your problem me i will be i've told you you're here you're online you're hearing me you dare not despise it take it as specifically as though the lord said thus said the lord and called your name and began to speak to you god is trying to help you so i tell many people say i want to mind no we are looking at the end of this year looking at next year all that it is far better you pause and wait and tell your spouse to be pleased Let's take, if it is God, eh, please, let us take an extra year. Let's take another 10 months. Let's take another two years and grow more. I'm not ready. If I, if we come like this, it won't work. It is far better you said that. If he says, no, I can never wait. I can assure you when you're married, you'll not wait. Dude. When you're married, she will not wait. If she says, no, 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 no. There's somebody else then. You think you're the only one. It means you are just something on their bucket list. Hmm? Checklist. Marriage. Check. We two. Tumbo, tumbo. Last caliber. Mini, mini, manimo. You are. Um, I like that one. She's fair. I like that one. She's fair. I like them fair. fair. Which I tell her. My spec. You are hardware to somebody. A machine, acquisition, property, phone, a toy. May you never be a toy to someone. May they know they married a human being. And may you prepare like a human being. Get ready. I think that's all I'm really saying. As you grow in the fruit of spirit, knowing God is the best preparation for marriage. Summary. Not flowers and not cards. I won't ask you how many of you have seen your father give your mother a card. But you've had it in your mind that that's how. What makes a marriage spicy. If not, they are tiny things. They help. A little here, a little there. But it's like icing on the cake. Sometimes it's not eaten at all. Focus more on the cake. On the person. The character. You work on character. Who did I say you should practice on? Or practice with? Your siblings. Your parents. Your roommates. People. I encourage people that live alone a lot. That all their life they stay alone. Uh, may God help you. Will you marry and live separately from your spouse? No, 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 I can never share my room. I can never live with someone. And then even if you live with someone, I want someone that is perfect. You're not preparing. You're trying to join the military without training. Purposely put yourself in situations where you feel helpless. Because that's exactly how you feel when you marry sometimes. Helpless. Where will you go? This is my spouse. And they have refused to change this habit. With your roommates, how long did you live together? Even if you shared the room from year one. Four years, five, it is over. How long will you be married? Five years. So you better prepare, like be deliberate, okay? Like I discuss when I'm talking about scriptures, telling you, I'm always wondering why people don't preach this. Why, why this is not said more? Purposely put yourself with that annoying roommate. 
By the time you enter marriage, you're a warrior. Your spouse will love you, man. Say, you are the most patient. Wow. How do you do it? You think spouses don't sit down and think, what makes people rekindle their love and love their spouse extra and lay down their lives many times for spouses when they sit down and think about, look at all the things I do. Look at how much they endure me. Not the one that you're fire for fire. True, true. The police squad, Oduma. You, you, you are, you are hoping all you want to do, I've asked God to help my heart. But when I look at people on their wedding days in pictures and videos, I'm not cynical, but I'm not deluded either. Many times I feel like just saying stop. But I could post it like a video. So you see, see, you see this thing you're doing. Some are quarreling already. I'm pretending. Why do you pretend? Some are busy posting pictures. I'm married. There are times we took pictures. Me and my wife, we were quarreling. I've never seen your parents take pictures without quarreling. Who has seen your parents quarreling? Taking pictures. In the picture, but they're not smiling. Very direct. And there's no female in front. Very direct. Please, let's take this thing. We don't even have any pictures in the house. Every time, every time. But you can snap in your office. No, 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 no. Anger, anger, annoyance. That they can even steal for some. Please, stand in one place. Snap. If you like, be deceiving yourself. I've told you. Wedding days. One week after, two before wedding pictures. There's nothing you don't do. As though that makes your marriage. Leave all those things. This is what we do. A fake society. Have you seen how many people on social media that they last posted a picture and then committed suicide? So a fake society. How many of you like fake? Fake is bad. It is far better in that picture. We are like. <laughs> and then you remember. Let me tell you how it is with me and my wife and all that. If you're more real, eh? when you remember things, you laugh about it later. Do you understand? Remember, ah, this day. And your children say, Daddy, Mommy, why was your face like this? And you say, That day your mother was just annoying me. And your mother says, It's him that was annoying me. And then maybe there's even a small, what's that, minion fight uh, kind of thing. You understand? That's the kind of thing that is enjoyable. They've been married for 25 years and they say, It was you, it was you, it was you. And they are playing, talking about it, real. And fake, 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 fake. fake. Don't you know people that smile, fake smile? Their mouth pains them after a while. <laughs> That's why people like that, you can do it no more. They separate because my mouth, they pain me. Pretending, pretending, it's far better you are real. Far better you are real. That your annoyance, some, you express it. When I'm annoyed with my wife, sometimes, or she's annoyed with me, sometimes we express it right there. People are all around wondering, this guy passed or so. I'm telling you, those that have been around me, I've seen it. Not sometimes, just say, stop, just stop. Not all, I know again, what's the teaching in books? Always present a united front. Lie all the time. Let's put it properly. No. There are times I see it's enough. And she's still talking. I see it's enough. Now what? Please uh, see this my wife. See. Talk like that. I'm not saying now again. I know again. Ooh, some people run out like ooh. Yeah. That's your problem. Because if we have 10% time trouble, the other 90% is happy. You is 100% trouble and 100% pretending. Me and you, who is happier? With the same 
you know, this and that. No, that's it, John. Don't finish that picture. That's long term, not not everything. Pretend hey, look, sir. Everybody was smiling. How many of you have heard of people divorcing and nobody understands how it's possible? Because they went from looking like the have you have perfect couples where people say this is my illustration, my example. Then next thing you hear, they are no more together. Like when they were pretending, and among the things that makes them pretend is because you can't speak your mind. You know what happens when you do you know human beings can endure almost anything they can express it. You know what it means to vent? Someone can endure if you can tell you. I don't always like this thing you do. You can't spend money like that. Uh-uh. You must think of other people, whether they talk back or not. But life goes on. This is the, how many times is that? I think in this last three months, how many times <laughs> life goes on? Let's pray about this thing. Please, let's pray about it. Father God, we come to you. Please, oh, I mean, I'll pray you, you pray, you repent. <laughs> Father, I ask that you forgive me for all the times it is my fault, the 10% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you pray. You won't pray. Father God, I thank you for our children. <laughs> but it is far better because you can express your thoughts. White people often broke up for years before we started breaking up more here. Because you know they are very big on acting nice, talking nice. While well, they were so nice, their marriages broke often broke up so much more. We are less nice. We are more crude. Yes, no? Honey, welcome. All that. You know, every time before you leave, kiss her goodbye. Constantly. Habit. So an appearance. Is it good if it's real? Yes. Very nice. But it's not real. Because he leaves there and goes and has an affair. And come that she leaves there and an affair could be anything. Fake. While appearing good. Which do you prefer? Real? Authentic? Or fake? So we must be balanced. We must have self-control. Express better. Don't be 100% fake. You will not be able to endure it. After a while, you're going to say, bye-bye. Go your way. Go. People live in the same house and they have gone their way for 20 years. They don't sleep in the same room. But I realize that you can, like your sibling, disagree with someone about something. They're gone. I don't know how to say it. Go on living at peace. Can I say that? You're living at peace, not fake peace. The one that you're progressing. Your relationship is like, a relation, brother-sister relationship. If you don't go from having just a husband-wife relationship to having like a brother, I'm not saying you drop the husband-wife. They must always, in fact, many girls, why you have problems in marriage is because you make it too much brother-sister or friend, friend. You must know husband-wife according to scriptures, not my opinion. Husband-wife is, the closest picture to it is a boss and a worker, a subordinate. Two people in authority, the CEO and the manager. If you understand that, then you likely have a better relationship. How do we say this? First Corinthians 11 says the man is the head. It's better you said wife there. There are two words used for woman. It's the one that refers to a wife, not just every woman, not the head of every female. Men are not the head of females that they meet in the street or in their class and their workplace. You're not her head. You are the head of your wife. Okay. So the man is the head of his wife. Head there means the one that has authority over her. And the comparison there is that the head of the man is Christ. So it's really easy to understand. How should the man live with Christ? That's similar to how a woman should live with her husband. If Christ gives a man a command, he should obey. So if it's a command, the man says, 
you can discuss, argue, just like when you're talking with God and dragging. But when the Lord says, this is my final position, so it should be. If your husband says, this is my final position, now you have a problem with him, report him to his head, who is Christ. That's how it works. So you tell his boss to handle him. That's the protocol. But unfortunately, most marriages, the woman tries to relate, say, ah, is this not Kunle that used to beg me? I bet Kunle leave that thing. You've made a mistake. That's not Kunle again. That's your husband. Kunle. There's a very big difference. You know I'm older than him. Doesn't mean anything. Did you, did, did you marry him or he married you? He married you. You were married. So you must relate with him thus. If you don't relate with him like that, one day when you have to answer before God, you will be on the wrong side of that judgment. You'll be on the wrong side of that judgment. So make sure you're not on the wrong side of judgment. Relate with him like that. Be accountable. That's the whole idea. Are there decisions your boss has made that you don't like? Yes. What did you do? Did you slap him or walk out on him? No. He didn't even, he didn't even occur to you that you can do that. You stayed in the company. Yes. Good. I think, I think many females try and walk before you marry. Walk briefly. Walk under a bus. So you can take the lessons from there. Take the lessons from there. And, um, Remember, if you marry, so you can talk, dispute, argue, just like in a board meeting. But when your the CEO says, "All right, well, my decision is uh, thank you for your contributions. My decision is this." There's no more talk. You, you don't go on talking. The average woman has no clue of this, and does the exact opposite, which makes many many females very guilty. Your boss goes ahead with that decision. It costs the company three point eight million naira down the drain. You didn't leave the company because of it. You stayed on. You still called him sir in the morning and carried his suitcase. The average woman asked like, no, if you don't deserve my respect for not listening to me, I will not show you respect. There's no time you are permitted to do that. Passage, First Peter 3, from verse 1 to 7, tells you about, don't open it, tells you about how Sarah called Abraham, Lord. Don't read it. If you haven't read this thing, you should know it. You're female. For the guys, well, I've said what I do have to say. Male and female. I'm not trying to teach on marriage. I'm just saying this is an example of holy behavior, separate behavior, different from the behavior of the nations around. You dare not make that mistake people make and say, eh, but no, this thing you're saying is not for the modern day woman. You will find out about modern day misery, whether it's different from old time misery. You'll be a miserable person, you know, and you would have created a lot of that yourself and worse than that when you stand before the lord he will ask you but i said this is how you should operate forget what your spouse said i said i said husbands love your wife i said women respect your husband i said it what does it matter that this and that you should have done what i said when you disobeyed me it was me you were sinning against is this clear I hope you understand these things. Let's finish this. I, I think I have to answer questions. So let's, let's hurry through. We read verse 6, yes, of Matthew 7, right? Yes. And it said, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not give dogs what is holy. The word sacred is holy. It's the same word. It says, don't give it to dogs. And we looked at what dogs are. Okay. You know what I just did? These things I just shared. If you're a dog and I gave you this information, you will do what dogs do here. They trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. They turn and attack the person that said it. So once in a while you read an article in something and someone says, Pastor, this said this, and they attack the person. 
that person attacking, that's a dog, according to scripture, according to Jesus. Don't throw your pearls before swine, pearls of wisdom, pearls of knowledge. When you trade me down to people who fall into the class of what? We saw three understandings of a dog so far. What was the first? Not hearing you. People that are not relevant to your circumstances. Two, evil doers. Those who do evil. And number three, foolish people tend to be ignorant and all that. They don't know much. You don't take that which is precious and great before them. They don't know how to handle precious stuff. It's the way it is. They are going to need more than what you've given them so far. Now, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 15 verse 26, I know people have tried to explain it away. I don't know why people always try to explain things away. Matthew 15, 26 to 27. And then we read Mark 7, 27, 28. It's the same thing. But I want the different expressions. But Jesus replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And this was a gentle woman. It wasn't time to give for them to experience Jesus. It was time for the Jews, the lordship of the house of Israel. And she says, and, and, and Jesus illustrates that it's not right to take that which is for some people, like a proverb, and give to those that it is not for. But the, the example, the picture, symbolism there is of a dog and children's food. And the woman answers, and Jesus says she has great faith. That yes, but sometimes the crumbs, the little, the fragments of what is for some people, even others can enjoy. So in this instance, a dog will be those who it is not, again, similar to the irrelevant category. It is not their portion to have. It's not for them. And this would be an example. Bread would be an example of something precious. And he's saying it's not for me to take deliverance and healing from uh, demonic oppression. That's what was being healed here. That's many of you have heard the phrase, you know, um, uh, healing is the children's bread. This is it. There's no verse like that. There's no verse like that in the Bible. Okay. This is where that concept is taken from. So the healing here was healing from demonic oppression. And you're saying it's for the children. And the woman is saying, even a dog can pick up the leftovers from the children. All right. So again, the use of the word dog and the mark 7 27 28 expression says first let the children have their feel he said but so do you see first that whole thing about uh timing ecclesiastes 3 the thing about timing said first let the children have their feel for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs yes lord she replied even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs so it is firstly for the children you got that point earlier first the jews then the Greeks. That is what the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says. First the, to the Jews and then to the Greeks. First the Jews and then the Greeks. God has that protocol which um, we may reference in the first service. You know, there's an order. So sometimes a dog is the one whom it is not yet time for. Do you understand? That that keeps keeping it simple, right? Those which is not yet time for. I'm going to, I have to end with this. To finally prove to you that dogs are human beings. Philippians 3.2 and Revelations 22.15. Philippians 3.2. Watch out for those dogs, those walkers of evil, those mutilators of the flesh. It couldn't be more specific, right? Very direct. Do you agree? It's not talking about dogs. It's talking about people. 
very direct. This is the Apostle Paul. He's referring to human beings and calling them dogs. He says you should watch out for them. King James says, beware of dogs. You've seen it outside the gate. It's there. It's exactly like that, King James. Beware of dogs. <laughs> All right. So that's what it was. You didn't know you were reading the Bible. Beware of dogs. So dogs are dangerous. And uh, God wants you to avoid them. So if you have friends with dogs and you think being friends with dogs is a sign of love, you're not serious. God said you should beware of dogs. So any human being that is utterly relevant, just a distraction to you, that practices evil and that is foolish, can mislead you. Don't keep company. Whether it is online, all of you that you, whatever, wherever you got your ideas from, see, this, we are discussing holiness, sanctification. There's a process. The separation will be painful. Don't think it won't be. But if you don't do it, you will be like a dog. Beware of people that go back to their vomit. Did you write down that one? Even though that's the same as evil. People who keep going back to the wrong thing. They will drag you with them. You will join. Unwittingly, you will join. Because you didn't learn to obey the Lord. You felt it was okay. You see someone that goes back, does something, and you agree we won't do it again. We both of us, we gave our life to Christ last week. And then the person keeps going back there. We said, but we said we won't go, we won't go out again to Tungbong now. We said we won't, you know, do uh, Yahoo again now. Block these numbers. Break this. A brother was telling me how when he got born again, he didn't just break the SIM card because he felt, he don't know if this thing will, someone will find a way and join it and say, is this your SIM card? I found it. Because he was a bad boy. He knew. So he took the SIM card and went to a river and threw it inside. That's how much he was trying to separate his past life from his future life. That's the effort he went to. He didn't just break the city. He broke it and traveled. That's the level of seriousness. When, you know, in this house, we would tell people, you came out with bad relationships and old flame, all of that. Break away. Send a message. I am now with Jesus. No more of this. I pray you find him too. If you're interested in talking to someone, here's a phone number. You send a leader's phone number from the church group. Something. Bye-bye. Please are... Rather, we don't maintain contact. Many people say, how can you say that? The slightly annoying thing about the people that say, how can you say that? Are, are they are the ones who go back to their vomit over and over again. You know, they have the audacity to say that someone somewhere is going to say, no, 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 no. Why the extreme measures? Oh, the extreme measures are to avoid licking your vomit. And all I expect as a response is, no, nobody does that. And I can assure you, almost 99% of people do that. They go back to their vomit. Very normal. They don't tell you. They tell me. They tell us. They tell the pastoral staff over and over again. So the wise thing to do is for your sake. And we have seen many, many people able to grow fast and survive and continue in God. By separation, there's the price to pay. Don't be like a dog. There's a price to pay. Those who, who don't want to pay the price for sanctification, you end up unsanctified. And those consequences are not consequences you look forward to. You can't possibly look forward to the consequences of despising the sanctification process. Tell them, please, I need to grow. I need to know the Lord. Bye-bye. No unnecessary explanation, nothing. Just goodbye. Ah, uh, you saying me, me, just leave it. I want to come to that church. I'm giving you a number. Block, delete. Ah, no, 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 no. I can't do that. We children here. You know. Number one, you are a child. You just got born again. You're just starting to know God. You're an absolute child. You're not a child, you're a baby, an infant, very tiny. That's what you are spiritually. I don't care if you're 50 years old. You're an absolute child. Recognize what you are. Don't 
drag. <laughs> I don't understand. It's not because I came out now to pray. I have been in church since. <laughs> you don't understand. It doesn't matter how long you think you've been in church. You didn't know anything. I knew some things. Yes, some things. But obviously, you didn't know the real important things. The mere fact that you are living an, in an immoral relationship, whether it's mentally immoral or physically immoral, you are off. You knew all this and you were this messed up. Don't you know what? Did I give you the last passage? Let me show you the consequences. Revelation 22 verse 15 of not paying attention. But outside are the dogs. Is God saying there will be dogs outside the kingdom of God? What are dogs? Are these physical dogs? No dogs are allowed into the coming age. No. The sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. These are the companions of dogs. So definitely dogs are people. They are people who are displeasing to God, breaking the commandments of God. And the Bible says they will be outside. From this, we are absolutely sure we don't want to be dogs. These are people that are shut out from the kingdom of God. They are shut out. There's no way you want to be in the company of murderers, of evil doers. But people will be in that company because that's the company, company they are in now, in this age. What you're doing in this age will continue, except you repent. We must Change our thinking. Repent means change your thinking. It's not just what you do the day you gave your life to Jesus. To repent means to change your thinking about life, about how you live, about what you do, about where you go, about who you keep company with. So, the people here, your struggle has been at, as a result of the company you've been keeping. And the words you have heard this morning are to help you make the right decision. Okay? Don't think too hard here. Listen to me while you're here. And don't think too hard and too long. May you learn to be the Christian that just makes decisions. But if you if you know, I have seen it. You know, I see people come over the years. Two people come at the same time. Then you watch one sprout and blossom and fruit. Then you watch the other stunted plant. I've seen this so many times. If 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 there was a way I could record it on video and be running a narration, show you real videos of real people in this my small uh, small congregation and you see the power of obedience the difference nobody would be thinking you wouldn't even be wasting time i've seen those who, who they this you tell them cut down this thing they turn around they can't find a knife to cut it they use their teeth and bite it like they are not even wasting time bah, bah, bah. that's like five boyfriends just at once Ooh, Look, some while i'm preaching I, I mean i had people weird people like this I'm not even sure I was like that. Maybe I was. Maybe I am. But I admire them. Because some, while you're talking, while you're preaching, you're wondering, what are you doing? Why are you holding your phone? I was deleting numbers. Like, as you're talking, all these things, some people spend six months moving like a snake that ate a big lunch. Have you seen a snake that swallowed a big thing? You know, it stays in one place. Many times, it stays there. That drags itself slowly. Some people have finished before they leave the building. They have finished obeying. Then there's this other group. Mini, 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 man. Catch a tiger, but if we hold us, let it go. Okay, I pick one. One. That's A. We'll continue till we get to Z. That's one decision. Three years later, five years later, they are not like the same kind of. You won't believe. 
that they came on the same day. They both came out, gave their life to Christ on the same day, called to the Lord or said, I said, if you're here and you're making a decision to be a disciple of Jesus, there's no comparison between them. You think this one has been born again for 15 years and this one has been born again for two weeks. That's the difference. This one is struggling with things. This one was struggling with. Why? My conclusion, apart from any other factors, amongst the reasons, is that the ability to make decisions at once with an attitude that says, if I perish, I perish. They won't make any decision. They, they so love themselves and their comfort that they question everything for so long. I mean, the demons just love them because they don't just drive away demons at once. They keep them around, discuss, table the matter, discuss, ask the demons for their opinion. You think you're talking with your head. A lot of your conversations are not with your head. It's not your head, it's a demon. Demons, demons. That's how demons walk through your thoughts. They say things, you talk back, you answer. Many times, you don't even know you're talking with demons. Spirit entities, they are telling you things. But, but what about, but this person did they are nothing, but they will tell, and how you know it's them, they will lie. They will lie, say no. Just like they told Eve, no. If you eat it, you will not die. If you remain in that situation, you will not fall. Do you know how many times people come and shop again? <laughs> what happened? You fell again. Wow. You still had the phone number. I thought, you didn't delete it. You know how many times you see that? Another person deleted. That was it. Yours truly. Someone said she was walking on the road, saw an old flame, ran physically. Oh, yes, you, you're too big to do that. How, how will it appear? Even though I was embarrassed at the idea, like, I say you ran. Yes. I say physic ran like female took off running, not because he would do anything, <coughs> but that's how much the person didn't trust themselves. People like that survive. I've seen it many times. They survive. They are the ones with few stories about how they fell. I've seen people get turned to Jesus and have no story. They never have a story about how this happened and that happened. Then some people they should become journalists. Endless stories. I repeat, the only difference is that this one's. No, they, as they act when they hear, they act. This other one, when they hear, they ponder. I always say, don't talk with the devil. How did we get into the mess on earth we are in? Oh, somebody talked with Satan. Someone used to talk with God. God may come in the cool of the evening. They will talk. The voice of the Lord will come. They will talk. This one, another voice whom she knew very well was not God, talked and she kept talking. You don't talk at all. Wise people do not discuss with Satan. Why? Do you know how old Satan is? Don't talk at all. A skilled orator. He's intelligent. It's because of all this despising of Satan. Don't despise Satan. Don't joke with him at all. He's not a safe being. He has brought down great and mighty people. Oh, for millennia. Successfully. Who are you? Don't talk at all. You pull out the words of God. The sword of the spirit and say it is written. You hit him with what was said. When he says, Ah, if you eat, you say, The Lord said we should not eat. That was all. There was nothing else to say. She said, He said it with me. If you touch it, he said you know that. She responded, she didn't respond again. She now looked at what Satan said. She looked at it and saw it was good for food. A tree to make one wise pleasant to the eyes so she pondered 
the words of Satan. You never ponder on Satan's words. You ponder on the words of the Lord. These words which I command today shall be in your heart. God's word. Joshua, meditate upon this word day and night and you will have good success. A tree planted by a river shall not depart out of your mouth. My word. It's only God's words you ponder on. You don't ponder on Satan's words. People ponder on Satan's words all the time. I've heard people, they keep pondering on what the devil says. The devil says something, sat down and thought about it. I've seen people go mad on pondering on Satan's words. The only reason they went mad is they ponder. Satan talked. You, you analyzed it. You dwelt on it. Do you think those were the words of God? Why did you think? Do they match with scripture? They don't. Why were you thinking about it? Eh, well, you know, I'm trying to be objective. Don't be objective when scripture is involved. Be subjective. That means be a subject. Don't think. Don't analyze God. It's not a safe thing to do. Satan is very good at making people analyze God. Most people that analyze God fall from the faith. Don't analyze God. Believe God. That's how you respond to God. It's called faith. The fruits that it is God is that all things work together for your good. You end up being a peaceful, fruitful life. That's how you need God. He said so. He said so. Give me that Matthew 7 verse 18. Well, let's read 15 to 19 or to 20. Then I'll, I'll answer question. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Okay. He called them false prophets. What are prophets known for? For bringing words purportedly from God. Okay. So when their mouth opens, it appears good when they are Mouth opens. Can you keep it at verse 15 and be attentive? They come to you how? A false prophet comes looking like a brother, a sister. Yes? Cheap. But inside, what are they? Wolves. A hungry wolf. A wild wolf. Wolf is in what family? Dogs. Don't you know? Canine. False prophets behave like dogs. Do you understand? They are in the dog family spiritually. They come looking like sheep, but they are dogs. Hmm. I don't know how people follow... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> God, have mercy. I was, someone was talking about how he got involved with fake churches and stuff and how they would do things. Like, again, some of you know these things firsthand. It's amazing every time I hear it. I, I don't know how people can believe these things, especially if they're even born again. I, I don't know how. The unbeliever, anything goes. That's what they get for not knowing Jesus. And they say, oh, bring drinks, bring biscuit, bring things, throw it at the altar. What does that one represent? Who knows this one? Tell me now. That will offer the sacrifice to the maker. So they throw things, money too, whatever. They throw things at the altar. They throw things, edible things. And the power was talking. After that, they turned. They gave the person school fees. They took all the school fees and gave. Because they say, bring every denomination. Then bring this. Then bring that. Then bring. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyways. Just bad. You see a wolf. Hungry wolf, wild dog. You should recognize it. Let's see how Jesus said we should know it. Verse 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. He didn't say, he didn't say by God revealing it to you. He said by their fruit. Like, don't you think you should study fruit? Observe fruit. Produce fruit. Know how fruit tastes and looks. So when you see someone bringing out Fruit that is not fruit you can know. Good fruit from bad fruit. Jesus was clear. It's by their fruit you will recognize someone who is not speaking for him. And he began to give examples. 
are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Techno is not talking about leaves. Talk about fruits. A tree can have leaves and look fruitful and there's no fruit in it. Is that in the Bible? Did Jesus stand under a tree that had a lot of leaves but had no fruit? So it's not by their leaves you know them. You can look at a tree and the leaves look bad but the fruit is good. Do you get it's not by their leaves that you shall know them. It's by their fruit. For you to get their fruit, you have to wait for the season. Yes? Remember, there's a time for everything. So, even with people, you have to wait and watch and wait and pour water and put manure and tend and prune and wait and watch. Then, if it's a good tree, after a while, good fruit will come out. Some people, during that waiting time, they say it's a bad tree. Look at it now. And I said this in the morning, I repeat it. I'm always lacking to clarify. Don't sit down and look at your life and say, well, me, I can't see the good fruit I'm bringing out. No. You may be bringing out. You may not know how fruit works yet. As an example, are you getting more patient, more kind, more forgiving? Are you obeying instructions more? Are you enduring things more? Uh, no, well, I can't really think so. You know, in fact, people have just been annoying me. We wait. We watch. A plant does not go into the ground and three days later it does everything. I know these spiritual fruits and spiritual plants so it's different from the physical but the truth is you may be truly a good tree. I've seen many people that have come to be wonderful plantings of the Lord but they were born again long before and were not producing good fruit. Very many, the majority of people I would say in our main church family you know were born again or had given their life to Christ at some point, but were not producing any fruit and seemed to be producing a lot of bad fruit. What is that? Because I know someone wants to ask that and it's very confusing. The truth is they were in bad soil surrounded by weeds or in rocky soil. You can read Matthew 13 for the parable of the sower. They were in rocky soil. They were in bad soil and all of that. So there, there was, and they had no tending. No one was tending them, pruning them, uh, spraying the plant to be free from blight, from those horrible pests that spoil the fruit and lay eggs in it. That is why they were bad. But the tree itself is a good seed. The original seed that was put in the ground is a very sweet orange. Do you understand? That the plant is not bearing fruit and it has all these spikes and looks anyhow does not mean it is a bad tree. It's the circumstances that are bad. Now, take that plant, uproot it, transplant it, or clear the soil, put manure, tend it, care for it. Whatever comes out of that plant tells you that about the original seed that was planted. Is this clear? Do you hear? Do you understand? So I have seen that so many times. People who I believe had given their lives to Christ, but they were just there, not producing fruit. That is why they say, give them time. Let's take care of them again. Luke 13. Let's give them some time again. And then see. And what I have seen as a pastor so many times, as by the grace of God, I try to take care of the plants God brings to me. I have seen them produce the most beautiful fruit. The same people. The same people who say I got born again four years ago, eight years ago. And they are, 
People don't even know they are born again at all. They are exactly like an unbeliever. I either have the choice of saying, give your life to Christ now sometimes, but sometimes I know they have given according to their understanding. The seed of God is in them, but it has zero care. They will be in church meetings. When you're in a church group, that when you live there, the, the visiting musicians try to sleep with you or sleep with you. How, what kind of, well, you see how the guy comes out, hallelujah, we give God the praise. I'd like everyone to stand to your feet. Let's honor the Lord. Let's honor the Lord. And they go on and perform, perform. Oh, we bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Hey, the whole crowd, your jump is excited. Then they get to the worship session. It's a concert. Oh, let's just bless the Lord from our house. Rakatakataketoparita. They go on, finish. And the other people are all around. God bless you, man. God bless you. And he was, ah, and he comes and you, and you bring him food in his hotel room or wherever he stays. They find girl. Come now, don't hurry out. Sit down. Keep me company. And from that, and it's not this, not he didn't fall. This is his life. He did it here. He did it in the other church. He does it in every church. He, this is him. This is not a stumble. This is a, 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 a wolf, a dog. This thing I'm saying is it real or fake? All over the place. And so I said, well, let's not say anything. But yes, let them kill all of God's sheep. Yeah, that's what shepherds do. You know, like David. When they come, you just kick back and say, hey, hey, yeah, see my sheep. Huh, you run now. Have you heard people say, don't say, well, leave them. Let God judge them. I will judge you. I will shatter your head. Don't, well, don't, don't come near my sheep. I will, I, I will stand on the microphone and call your name, dog. If you like eating meat, go to the bush. There's meat. All over the bush. Why do you pray on sheep? Don't catch a wild rabbit. You don't like what I'm saying. They should eat you. People are very funny. Say, no, no, leave them to God. And God cares about them. Doesn't care about the sheep. God doesn't care about his, his small children. He cares about this, these crooks. Crooks. Deceiving people. God is going to judge a lot of that nonsense in the church. In fact, I feel like praying it again. Every time I pray, judgment happens somewhere. Can I kill some wolves? <laughs> Father, expose them. Amen. Father, expose them. Amen. In Akwaibum State, expose them. Amen. In Uyo, expose them. Amen. Father, I beseech you. I stand on behalf of every sincere and true shepherd. Rip off the covering from the wolves under sheep clothing. Amen. Rip it off. Let all see their fans. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 I only prayed for you today. Other days, I pray for Nigeria. So if you want to hear the news, you have to follow local news. Please, when you get it, tell me. See, uh, but who do, do we pray about these things? In fact, let this thing be prayer point. Let's be praying consistently. Consistently. Not once in a while. But one time, it was in 2019. What year was that? You know, I was preaching and I said, God would judge them. The next day was in the papers, national news exploding. Bam, bam, bam. In the middle of that, there'll be people saying, no, it's false accusation. Which false accusation? That is answered prayer, not false anything because you don't pray. What year was that? One Abuja pastor like this. I prayed on Friday night. On Saturday, the country was ablaze. 280. People be in between say, well, well, that's not what you should. Don't ever run commentary on when a wolf is, is, is caught. They strip off something. If it's your child they eat, would you be saying that thing you're saying? Then don't say it. Well, again, maybe I have the, may all of you have hearts of shepherds. 
that you had. You know, David would fight lions and bears for one small animal. What if he dies? So the heart of a a, a, a non-hireling that is shepherd for pay. Shepherds for pay. John 10. They don't care. They are for pay. When the shepherd is not for pay, he would rather die for his sheep than allow the sheep. You don't touch it. So David as a small boy would face lion. Why do you think God loved David so much? He was faithful. Exceeding faithful in little. How do you think people will rule and reign in the age to come? By being faithful in what you're told to do in this age. Every one of you be faithful in the little. Example, you have a, a friend that you're helping to know God. In your new to God and you're teaching them the things you've learned. You're pushing them along and then something shows up from the side making sounds that sound like grrr, grrr, grrr. You don't say, why is that? I don't want to say anything against it to that sheep that comes here. But I don't know if you notice. Sometimes it seems to have sharp teeth on and then there's this sound it does. I've seen it salivating when he doesn't know I'm looking at it while looking at you. You don't, why are you wasting time? What is that you're doing? Don't be wasting time. I've seen too many people. We sit down, watch people be destroyed. Too many have been destroyed because of this. Don't waste time. Tell him directly. Oh boy, listen to me. Listen to me. When you fall, you know, you know how to whom much is given. You better cut away from that place. Don't be going there. Don't go there at all. Hurry, report them. I see people, they keep quiet. Something goes bad, bad, bad. When it happens, disaster occurs. They come and say, uh, actually, you know, I had noticed. They think I'm going to say, eh, eh. Many times I look at people and say, you knew. Who did you tell? Who did you tell? So now blood has been spilled. You have now spoken. You have now spoken. At what cost? We are talking about good trees. But trees are sheep and wolves. Is it clear that these trees here are sheep or wolves? That's a sheep tree, otherwise known as a good tree. Then there's the wolf tree, otherwise known as a bad tree. Are you not seeing it? When you see a wolf tree, trees that eat people, the axe must be laid to the root of such a tree. Do you understand? The axe must be laid. You don't keep the tree and say maybe, well, let's say so it won't seem as if I'm the one that killed the tree. So who should kill the tree? Let it stay there and drop poison on your children's head. No, you kill the tree. You beg God to remove that tree. Not everybody that must be in ministry. You may have started, God sent you. Do you know how many of those people exist that God never even sent? Never. That is, there's no time God called them. They sat down and say, how can we make money? And discuss with their guy. So maybe do church now and you get money to rent all. I'll raise. You get one of my uncle. Business idea. Start a church. Then you go and the person learns. Stands in front of a mirror and learns how to, to sound spiritual. I'm not saying when people preach and get excited. It's from habit, from emotion. It's fine and good. It's not a sin. To, huh, huh. But one reason I don't like huh, 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 the man went to the place to go God is because you can hide anything under her. Anything can hide. It's not, I, I mean, I get excited, but I am saying that I don't encourage anything that makes you an actor. I don't want you to be able to hide things. I don't want you to be able to be empty. You're empty here. You don't have what to teach. Say a good tree! A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And if, what have you said? You don't move on. Say so you shout like that. People, amen! Amen! That the end, like one of my sisters said, one, one preacher used to go many years ago. Yeah, it's coming. Very exciting. 
Then when I don't know, I would not look at her, but me, me, I was looking at her. I've been looking for solid food for a long time, years ago. And then she now commented. I don't know who she was commenting to, but inside me, I went like, mm, oh, she said, the only thing is when he finishes, I never, I don't even know what he even said. Sir. <laughs> so I'm very excited. They say he's coming. Yay. The only thing I, I can never hold on to it, whatever he said. That he doesn't say anything that holds, sticks, goes on, that you can carry. And go and he goes and transforms you. But she's super excited. Or she was super excited. I want us to understand that God wants us to be trees that produce real fruit, okay? God wants us to be real. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, by their fruit, you recognize them. He repeats it. Every wise person, this is how God trained me. You read that passage and you live and go and study fruit. In the Bible, you study trees. You study fruit. You take notes. You pray. You ask God. And then he answers you. Begins to show you. You see this tree? That's a good tree. See, Pastor, that's a good tree. How do you know? What are the fruits? Check the people. Check the words. Check this. Check that. Check the behavior. Check the character. Listen to the testimonies. Look, 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 look. If I come and everybody's testifying here, I want to thank God. I counted my first one million. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just like our pastor says, God bless you. Hey, that. <laughs> and you say these endless things. And that person comes. I'll not be left behind. I'll not be left behind. I counted my first five. The house goes wild, cheering and clapping. Yeah. And we talk about money, material things. You know, I said, uh, today, brethren, today, I told you it's a day of praise. Everybody talks about cars, houses, money, and all that. There you go and sit down. And more than half of the people that said those things, that man with the new car, he has, he also added a new girlfriend the day he bought it. You know, then the other woman with that business, she's cheating on her husband. Or she's not cheating on her husband, she's a thief and a liar. The amount of the oppression she oppresses her workers, eh? <laughs> you know how they say they swear for someone. The the way the evil she does to her workers, an unbeliever has not done it. And then this one, then that one, zero fruit. Then they talk about money. Is that a material things can never be the fruit? If it was so, then Jesus will be known for that. So you study, you learn, you grow in understanding. Jesus said it's by their fruit you would know them. If you don't learn to pay attention, you will join the dogs outside. You will join the dogs outside. And you don't want to join the dogs. You do not want to be amongst those who are pushed out of the camp. Write down Romans 6 verse 21 to 22. Romans 7 verse 4 and 5. Galatians 5 22. That's a core passage. That's a fruit of the Spirit directly. Ephesians 5 verse 9, I want you to open it from verse 8 to 9. But still write Philippians 1 verse 11, Colossians 1 verse 6 and verse 10. Finally, Hebrews 13 15. I'm going to read only two. Go study the rest for yourself. Yes, I gave you one to read for me. Ephesians 5 8 to 9. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruits of the light. Remember, we saw the light is Jesus, yes? Consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Listen, if that fruit does not have goodness, it's not righteousness, and it's not truth. Listen, if there's a lie in it, it is not the fruit of the Spirit. If I have to stand here and tell lies to prove to, if I'm lying, if I have to, it's not the fruit of 
the spirit. Okay, there shouldn't be lies in it. Okay, it has to be good in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. These are the fruits. Does it result in goodness? Even as a servant of God and all that, I could be doing things. This selfish personal thing. You're not being good to people. You're not doing the right thing. Righteousness is right. Doing the right thing according to God's definition of right. Not human. So when God says something is right and you do it, that is righteousness. I know you've been told that it's a gift only. It's not. First John 3, 7 says, He that does righteousness is righteous. So you do righteousness. Okay? And then, what's the other passage I asked for? Did I give you another? <coughs> okay, give me Colossians 1, verse 6 to 10. It says, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood the grace of God. Take note, when you truly understand the grace of God, it bears, you begin to, when, do you hear it say truly? So that thing I said about having a number of people that have come here over the years, they came here, gave their life to Jesus here. Then some did not give their lives to Jesus here, but they started being very fruitful here is because they truly began to understand the grace of God. Before that, they simply did not. But as they understood, as they were, you know, that's the only explanation. There's no other explanation. For many of them, it was as though they were just getting born again for the first time. For the absolute first time. Before that, they were born again. Some said they had given their life to Christ 25 times, 40 times. Some say uncountable. That there's no need counting. But what happened? They did not have the things that make them fruitful. And when you don't have that, you're like a useless tree, a plant that brings nothing out. God does not want this. He wants us to be trees that bring forth fruit and life. Okay, all over the world. Keep going. You learned it from Epaphras. They learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also informed us of your, of your love in the spirit. Who also informed us of your love in the spirit. Yes. So God uses people to teach us. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge. So what did the earlier knowledge do for you? It resulted in, what did understanding do for you before? It produced fruit. Are you seeing? Good. So this teaching, understanding must produce goodness, righteousness, truth. Not a big head. Many people want knowledge to have a big head. And I keep telling you, God has been kind to me and taught me many things, given me understanding of many things. But I fully know and therefore constantly preach. I could come any day and share what people like to call Rema. Share many things I have not shared before. Very many, endless things. I could focus, even today. I could have picked the same passage and extracted mysteries. And you start keep going, wow, whoa. But that's not what God is looking for. God is looking for knowledge so you can walk in love. We just read it. You can, you're meant to walk in love. You're meant to do good to people. You're meant to be a source of truth, not to be full, a big head. First Corinthians 8 says that love builds up, knowledge puffs up. Do you know what it means for something to puff up? Usually things are puffed up. The, perfect picture of a puffed up thing is a balloon. Very big, but empty. Do you understand? God has no interest in empty big things. That's the acting. That's the fakeness. That's the hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be big on running to God and tell people, 
Oh, did you know? Did you know? You're looking for ways to impress. You're trying to impress them. You're not trying to build them up. If you want to build them up, lay a foundation first. Then build gradually. Pay the price. In the process of laying a foundation, you dig out things. They may shout, No! Leave my theory of lies here. Don't touch this thing. I want to believe that. Who are you to counter what I believe? If you don't dig it out, you can't lay a foundation. So the puffed up appear. You have to pop that balloon. Amongst the things, reasons why we don't just plant, we uproot. Is that is the space you uprooted that is available for replanting. Who has planted before? You didn't uproot the former yam. You want to plant a new one? Where, please? You must remove the old for the new to come in. Is this clear? God said to Jeremiah, he said, I've appointed you a prophet. Not just to plant, he said to uproot and then to plant. We all must have the capacity and the ability to put in and remove. Please, if you don't understand this, you will have, you believe false doctrines. You will believe some sincere servants of God, some not sincere. In fact, less and less do I say people are sincere. I used to think people made sincere. Some people, is not. there's no sincerity at all. They are lying and they know it. They ought to know by the fruit. So when you stand and say, listen to me, as a child of God, you can never speak in a way that offends you. Don't offend people. Jesus' name, one of his synonyms, is a rock of offense. What are you talking about? He promised that if you come to him, you must fall. The word offense is the Greek word scandalon. Scandalon is that which causes one to trip. To trip up. It is God's nature to trip up people. Jesus was sent to trip us up. He said, if you fall on me, you'll be broken to pieces. He didn't say, if you fall on me, you'll have soft landing. He said, you'll be broken to pieces. And then he now said, if you don't want that one, I will fall on you. You'll be crushed to powder. Choose. In either way, there's a breaking. Big pieces or small. That's reality. So you don't go believing a lie. Someone that, so if I bring you the true word of God and it doesn't trip you up, it doesn't break some things in your life, it is not the word of God I'm bringing. I'm bringing you a false doctrine. Doctrines that scratch your ear. That make you go, go, go up small. Go up small. You act like a dog. Oh wow. How prophetic that illustration is. Dogs like their ears itched or scratched. Have you not read it? Didn't, was it not prophesied that men will heap up teachers that will scratch their ears? Who, you want your ears scratched? Scratch your own ear. When you come to the present, you want to hear true prophetic teaching. Sound doctrine. Please, it will produce fruit. And that's what we are looking at. He says, from that day, for this reason, I have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Keep going. So that you may walk worthy, you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Listen. Fruit is directly connected to knowledge that is put into practice. You want fruit? There must be knowledge with understanding and you must practice it. This is how you become a fruitful tree. Water, you must get rid. Look at that Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. It says you must dig out the stones for that soil to be good soil that will not wither. You must remove the weeds. For it to be a fruitful plant. You must not plant on the wayside where the busyness of life, everybody is walking on it. You must plant on cleared soil. People, things block are the stones in your heart that don't allow your plants grow and you to become fruitful. So pay the price. 
dig up the stones. If you can't dig it up by yourself, call people. Tell people, please, uh, where I've been planting my heart, there are stones. Help me. What I have seen as a farmer in the vineyard of the Lord is that when you can get rid of the stones, when you can remove the weeds, when you can manure, when you can water and watch, they always do well. I asked this question of myself within the first two years of the second phase of our church group. You know, I started in 2010, you know, God's the house, but paused at a while and we began, you know, between 2014 to 2016 uh, and a half, you know, September I was, I went and joined some other church group. But I came back when God insisted, September or so, 2016, we restarted. And when we, I saw the things that were happening within the first couple of months, I wondered, is this something that is possible? Is it some special grace on me? Or is it, can it be replicated anywhere? My conclusion after however many years, this is six years or so plus, is that it can be replicated anywhere if you follow the same principles. Have you seen the Israelites, I mean now, and different countries where they have turned some wilderness areas into blossoming orchards and and farms and gardens yes there's skill there's knowledge so what knowledge does it teaches you to be fruitful you know how there's a how it's not magic there's a how to it you mark the season so you're here you want to be a fruitful tree or, or even better than that after you become a fruitful tree you want to know how to raise fruit, fruitful trees truth must be there righteousness goodness you can't be telling lies that one is basic if you have to mix lies to, if you have to say God said things he didn't say, you have to do all those things, I'm sorry. It won't be fruitful because it's built on falsehood. Not just lies you say, but you practice. So you come in front of people and you appear very godly and put forth an appearance of righteousness. Then you go behind and you're practicing deception. You are not the moral picture you've presented. Instead of repenting and changing your inner ways you keep pretending there's no way the fruit is not this has nothing to do with whether people are seeing you or not the fruit will be bad because the tree you are not okay you're deceptive you're a wolf so you must deal with the secret life if you want to produce righteous fruit forget about what people think the way i speak when i'm preaching is how i speak in my normal life i'm not two i'm one if i speak strongly in my normal life, I can speak strongly. If I speak gently, I can speak gently. If I feel sorrow while I'm preaching, you know, I'm expressing sorrow. In private, too, I feel all those things. Consist, be the same. No need for acting. If I demonstrate, even my private life, I walk up and down too. I'm talking with someone, one person alone. Sometimes I stand up and I'm walking while talking, making the point. It's the same. It is a consistent, you have to not, you, you can't do this thing for people. You must be doing it for God. Let there be consistency. Let there be insistence. You must continue in well-doing. You don't stop. You must press on. These are the ways that you produce fruit. So I found out that if you teach the same things and follow it up with the same actions and example, people will always be fruitful. So, so many times I have seen that. Except that person is not listening. He's not receiving the manure. He's not receiving the water, the words of God. Is not receiving the correction, the rebuke, the reproof, and the instructions. If they are disregarding, if they've put up an umbrella over themselves, a canopy, 
and are not receiving what you when you put money or they dig it out they they don't like it you say everyone i want us to come out by 6 a.m we need to seek the lord the lord told us to come aside and seek him and you say no or you say no no me i don't do i don't do i don't do that i, I come on sunday that that's it so those are the ones that don't tend to fruit the same way because they are not receiving the same nutrients is this clear i hope it is we will grow it, so many questions all right i'll say very little about the marriage related ones because uh, that's not my interest now if you have a marriage question mm -hmm. <laughs> i didn't even finish please why do people rush into marriage casually because most of the time you talk about marriage it feels so scary you're asking me who told you i rushed into marriage i didn't rush into marriage eh? so ask them someone said i should ask you people here why do you people want to rush into <laughs> i won't say much about the marriage and why I've told you one go and listen to messages too. Uh, um, we will have sessions, more sessions of marriage. But I've picked a lot on it. I've said lots of things that are different, like what you heard me say today. I suspect you should look at it. If you think it is not scriptural, please feel free to ask the questions you have. I just know that it's slightly different from the po many popular marriage theories. There are those who tell are much more honest about it. Then there are many who they think not saying. You hear what I just said about truth. They think not saying the some people so this is what i believe and this person that asked this question has asked it say when you talk about it, it feels scary question when they talked about writing jam did it feel scary to you did you pass it i've answered you so for those in case of our international uh, uh audience you know jam is um the exam an examination written to act to have admission into the university or the college college level education tertiary education Typically, you write JAM, J-A-M-B, Joint Admissions Matriculation Board Exams. You know, it's a requirement. It's not enough to just write the uh, high school or YEC exams, you know, which is what they write at the end of high school, the American or secondary school, you know, the last class. We have people writing that every single season and passing, and you also have those failing. Yes. It's scary. Why do you write it? It is a common saying, jam will jam you. You still write it. I think that's a good example of how you should take marriage. Don't blunder in. How many of you know people that blunder, picked up a book the day before it's jam to, to read? Who has seen those clowns? I'm not saying it wasn't you. I'm saying who has seen clowns? Listen, I'm not saying it's you either. I'm just saying who has seen the clown who picked up his book one or two days before a jam, jam exam and glanced through and successfully failed? raise your hand what are you doing that's exactly how you should perceive when i talk about marriage that's why i said you prepare how many of you know that to pass jam typically you prepare you don't just study you answer past questions over and over again you test yourself that's how i prepared for jam in 1995 second december i answered past questions back and forth marked myself in between i'll go and read Sherlock Holmes <laughs> in the library i will answer this I'll go and I say I deserve a treat. I'll read one story. I'll come back, answer again. I did it. I drew up a timetable. I think the Holy Spirit just came on. Just drop a timetable. Looked at all my past questions. Wrote dates. On this day, I'll answer 50. This number of questions. This number of years. Three years or four years or five years every day. Consistently. That's how I prepare for jam. The highest score in my time was in, in University of Rio here was 200 and... Ah, it would be 252, something like that. 252. I think one person had that. Two, 
something, something, something. I had two four eight. Four people had two four eight. You know, that was the third highest result. You can be assured I didn't cheat. I knew you didn't cheat. The hall I was in, this with your high school was very rowdy. We were not living here. We were living in our back. Came from our back. Sat down, wrote the exam. Madness all around. Focus. Wrote my exam. Submitted it and left. You couldn't accuse me of being this super studious boy. I was not. So don't bother. You were super. I was not. I was prepared. You prepare. So I wrote it once. I was admitted on merit. I feared it. I respect. I woke up every day and went to the library in Abak, Karabasi Road. Then you go back home. Every day. Consistently. Consistently. There's a price you pay. It's what I'm saying. This false doctrine that says, once you're in Jesus, it is done, done, done. Look at them body. You haven't seen anything yet. It was done. You just got that mission. That's all. There's work to do. Don't attend classes. Don't write your exams or your tests. Don't do, do a continuous assessment. When your mates leave university, you'll be there. Two years, three years later, you are there. If they allow you to continue. There's a price to pay. Are you hearing me? That's not joke. We, we joke with God. So this is marriage you're talking about. Why would you joke with something as important as marriage? I don't blame our fathers so much. What did they know? Was there as much of the word of God and knowledge as there is now? What's our excuse? Shouldn't you learn from them? Many of their fathers were chiefs that married seven wives, ten wives. Won't you learn in this? Look at when you are alive. Shouldn't you be far, far more advanced? Instead, people want to be committing morality, calling love. That's not how to prepare for marriage. You don't have self-control before marriage. I don't trust you. That's why I don't trust anyone to get married that is struggling with immorality. Say, no, if only I marry, I will stop. You're a joke. You will break your spouse's heart. You will cheat on them. You didn't have self-control before. Where will you get it from? In marriage. No, 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 no. no. You better. Stop quoting First Corinthians 7. You are wrong. The Bible says, if a people that are betrothed to each other, let me tell you what First Corinthians 7. Who has said it before? I said, they're born. Let them marry. And he said to me, if I'm struggling with lost, it means you should marry. The passage is saying for a girl and a guy who were known, they are an item, a couple, is known, parents or whoever, however it was known. This brother is the one I'm marrying. This sister is the one I'm marrying. It's known. So when you see each other, you're shy and all of that, and you talk to each other, and you're burning. That's what leads to the burning. It's not you walking around burning up and down, left and right, wherever you turn. It is that there's a specific person that you are feeling strong feelings for because you are betrothed, because this is your fiancé. He said, rather than keep being fiancés forever, while fire has caught your clothes, marry. Have you heard? That's what First Corinthians 7 says. Don't be misquoting scripture. Say, if you walk around like burning, marry. <laughs> you set someone on fire. So... Stop burning first. Your fire must be put out. So if you're there, ah, no, if I can marry, I'll stop. No, you cheat on your spouse. I'm serious. That lack of self-control you have, you have it in the office. Too. And you think if this, if you think this is a male thing, you don't know anything. I, I, I used to be ignorant like you. I don't know if women have not even beaten men now, sir. Even though I don't think anyone can beat me. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Just that women are masters of hiding. So don't joke with it. You must grow. Focus on growing in the spirit. That's all I said. I'm not saying you should I am very happily married. Having a spat with your spouse is not house destroying. Building a life together is a blessing. Two are better than one. The grace of God, the strength of two coming together to do good is very enjoyable. The 
intimacy, the other thing. All this pastor is saying and teacher is saying is you better prepare. Don't be, don't be, don't do, uh, uh, oh, I can't wait. How many of you will be married uh, before the end of next year? I command on you. You shouldn't be jumping when people, in fact, don't listen to the things I'm talking about. So that person loves you. He's pushing you into trouble. You should have sat down first and prepared. Ask God when, who, how, and Lord, what? Spend time preparing. Learn, change your character. Not for marriage, for God. When you marry, it is from the character you developed in front of God that your spouse will enjoy. Do you understand? When they deserve to be shouted at, and you gently say, I don't like that thing you did. And just walk away quietly. It's from your relationship with God. Everybody benefits when you love God. Everybody on earth benefits. When you're forgiving. Where do you think you get the grace to forgive your spouse? You think they have stepped on your toes yet? See, listen, if you're not married, you don't know what it means to have your toes stepped on. You don't even know the meaning. Roommates that you're saying, don't worry, I mean, this year is about to end. With spouse. What compounds it is that you know you can't go anywhere. Do you know what happens to a human's mind when you know you can't go anywhere? It's, it's anguish. You look at the future, it is dark. With a roommate, you look at the future and you are free. With a spouse. So that's why people break up violence or resort to violence. You may not resort to violence with your roommate because you tell yourself, Abi, Abi, semester is almost over. But with marriage, so there's this feeling like, what can I do? Therefore, spend time practicing with the roommates. Practice with them. That's what I said. I gave you the best advice you can have. Practice. Use your siblings. All of it. I say, I can never endure my siblings. You better practice enduring them because they are sent by God to prepare you for your spouse. You think your siblings are annoying? Be wise. Is this clear? Then, uh, this, at uh, this same handwriting I'm seeing, I don't know if this is from an online questioning. Please sign a situation where some disputes arose between a man and his wife. Resulting in emotional hurt, even after they resolve the issue. <laughs> what practical measure can they take to restore their bond and even communication and happiness? You are you married? Whoever is asking this question, you won't face your side. Uche, face your side, though. You so you want me to talk? Then you can't go and tell them. Tell them to come and see me, even though I'm very busy. I'm not sure I have time. But tell them to call me. <laughs> and this question is funny. They had emotional hurt, even after the. There's only one solution. Is it not what I've been saying? It's called forgiveness. See, you don't understand why I say you should find a devil roommate, why you shouldn't be running when they stress. You must learn to forgive. There's one solution to all marital problems. Oh, I forgot to tell you. You must forgive them. <laughs> you must say, Father, forgive them. Sometimes you have to tell them, have you talked? Have you apologized? Pray before you say it because you may say, apologize for what? You think the knife was deep. They have just pushed it deeper. Ah, ah, Pastor Italian came. Who sent me? Say, hey, if you do that, they'll trample on you. They'll take you for granted. If you have not yet learned to be taken for granted, don't even marry. Ah, you're supposed to take it for granted. You don't understand. Man of God with power for the hour. John Wesley will finish preaching. Oh, John Wesley shook the earth. Shook England. Talk about power. He'll be preaching. People will be screaming, falling. Short man like this. He will go home. His wife will pour. She treat him like trash consistently. You ever heard John Wesley's story before? Someone said they walked and saw her dragging him by the hair on the ground. The great man of God, he's there talking with people. He breaks into a meeting. You're sleeping. I'm sure you're sleeping with these girls. He said to her, say he wrote, he said, if you had a thousand lives, you could never rectify the damage you have done. That is if you lived and lived and lived again. You couldn't rectify the damage. Now I'm not saying that's true. 
I'm just saying that when he comes out, the command, the authority he had at home, that meant nothing. Which is why, again, people should watch how they marry. If you know the story, you may have heard me tell it. You know, you read it by yourself. John Wesley had a woman, they were powerful evangelistic calling. She would travel. I don't even understand how it is. Maybe they travel in a group. She would travel along all that. They had this strong thing. But before they married, which is why, again, watch what you see. Have good counsel. Have, you better have knowledge and good counsel. He and his brother, Charles Wesley, the one who wrote most of thousands of hymns, you know, had said that we will never marry. They made a commitment to themselves until we have approval from each other. So this woman who seemed to be a perfect fit for John Wesley, when he told Charles, Charles didn't approve. That's how he didn't marry someone that was perfectly fine with traveling all everywhere to preach. Perfectly fine. Like a perfect team. He left there. He was angry with Charles, amongst other things. When he married this one, he didn't get approval, as far as I know. He, he now, he was now like, leave me alone. And when I married a widow woman, which is not wrong, but married a widow woman who, had, in a hurry, all sorts of things, and he had hell on earth at home. Hell. He couldn't wait not to be at home. And in fact, he was never at home. Now, the other one would have been traveling with him. This one stayed at home. Every time he comes back, he can't wait to take off running. She hated him like this. They hated so badly, according to the story. Very miserable. Very miserable. That's our great John Wesley of Methodist memory. Decisions. It's not just, you know, preparing. It's even the decision. We end up, it better, it better be God. Now, they couldn't have known everything. That's why I tell our people. But I like you, know, you better pray about this. It's not about entry. You don't, you know the stories I've heard. I know people, they say their spouse was trying to kill them actively, not spiritual, actively trying to put them to death, remove them from the earth, erase them. I've known people that have married and the person married them, man, that married woman to take, because she's wealthy. She's, she has some means. He wants to kill her. When you have a spouse that you're not sure if it's them that send armed robbers. What was that? What was that? But people were dancing and eating cake. What are you talking about? Why would I not scare you? And if you know how common this nonsense is, very annoying. Now, how do you walk with crow crow eyes like that into that kind of thing? Someone that is looking at you and saying, idiot. Yes, I'll take all this money. The what about the one that is married already? Or the one that has multiple every example I'm giving, I'm thinking of real people locally or from this state. I'm not even thinking international now. And the fellow has women in multiple states in a foreign country. Women all over. Comes and marries you. 100% coming for your money. 100%. It has nothing to do with they love themselves. You know all this talk about we love, then we didn't, then love deemed. You know the stories I was telling earlier about love cooling. This one, there was never any love. Zero. They zoomed in on you, said that's an ATM. You can make money from this one. If you break up, you can get something from sharing things. That's the only reason they didn't, they never loved you for one second. You were always a tool. What is that? So that one is married. Do you know how many people are entering those things daily? Question, why do you enter such a thing? I, how much more be a Christian? Say, no, he was in church. He was in church. So because he was in church. So what? Someone married someone in this town many years ago. Married them like this. Bah. Joint was in the church, was part of the, the unit. Everything as they came back from church that day said, <laughs> Mm. Opened a compartment in the wall, brought out hot drink, kept it, say all this thing, that thing ends now, eh? I'm a member of a Lumba Like, can you imagine they brought you straight for a Pentecostal? Now, again, no, no, hear me. Uh, who pushed me? Don't see. <laughs> again, me, I'm asking. So you blind, your pastor blind. 
all your church members blind. I tell people when alarms go off, ping, ping, stop accusing everybody of trying to stand in your way. Some people are trying to save you. They're trying to save you. Someone stands in the road and do No, 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 it's a bed. Doesn't know where I'm rushing to. Till you fly over the place there was once a bridge. Then you find out why that person was standing on the road and waving their hands in the rain. It's not hatred. Nobody's trying to slow you down from your destination. There's no destination. It has been removed. There are marriages that it was never to be. Ever. Zero approval from heaven. Why do you want such a thing? No, no, you just want to wear a ring. Go and buy a ring. Put it on. Walk around like this. Have you heard me? Do I love you? I wish you well, oh. I wish you well, oh. I really wish you well, oh. But there are many lions and bears. Let them not be among the things that we even look at. And you, my first emphasis was make sure you two are not a lion or a bear. Is this clear? That's what I said at the beginning. So I'm ending with, uh-huh. First Peter 3, what do, does it mean God wants me to call my husband, my Lord? Maybe, yes. Maybe for you, whoever asked this question. <laughs> but it's not about calling them. Actually, so the word curious means a master. It means she treated him like a master. Okay. You have examples in the Bible. Yes, they're talking about Sarah. It's specific. Say, so call Abraham Lord. All right. So she treated she obeyed him, verse 6, verse Peter 3, 6. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. And you are her children if you do what is right and refuse to give way to fear. So why people are afraid? Number one reason women are afraid to act as though they, are, they should obey their husband is they believe you trample all over them. The Bible says it. He knows and says do what is right and don't give way to fear. It's there. Look, I written there. Now, so the average miserable marriage many miserable marriages where the man might be good is because the woman wants to be equal and you've heard false wrong teachings that tell you you're equal you're not equal that's like saying that's like saying your husband is equal to christ first corinthians 11 it's kind of clear scriptures don't bash themselves don't misquote ephesians 5 21 it says you should have respect one to another yes even your children you should respect Respect your mate. Respect everybody. We should respect people. That's not, not just your spouse. You should respect people. You have people in your house. You should respect them. Everyone around you should be respected. The same way those young people in your house should respect you too. You tell them, don't do that. They shouldn't do it. Or if they want to do it, you say, can I do this now? So people disrespect people, young and old. So the Bible says you should have mutual respect for your spouse. Absolutely. You want to do something, there should be enough respect once in depending on the matter to present it to your spouse i like to present things to my spouse i don't just like doing anything i like to present things even the young people that are in my leadership and all that even the whole church when i want to make decisions at times i tell the whole church i think people should just respect respect is not about saying good morning good afternoon bowing your head up and down like a male a gamma lizard no respect is how you esteem people in your consideration this decision i'm about to make should they have a seat I would like to hear their opinion. I think that's respect. How can a husband not have that for his wife? But I have seen situations where the husband respects the wife more than the wife respects him by far more. I've seen that in different places. Why should that be? When the Bible commands you to respect him as your head. He's your head as per, I said it earlier, your boss. All right. So that's what it means to call them Lord. You should know and not treat them that common behavior amongst many wives, especially now very dangerous when you stand before the lord you'll be very sad because you 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 flog. i never you never finished the league 12. well he said they'll flog you 
said the one who needs masters will and didn't do it that they'll flog you with many blows verse 47 the servant who knows his masters will but does not get ready or follow his instructions will be beaten with many blows this is jesus talking it's not pastor Ita. so you know your master's will your master's will is in the scripture so how should you relate woman with your husband as though he's your boss you may argue with him but when he says this is my decision yield to it your behavior he tells you at the beginning of that passage should convince him to change it's your behavior not your fighting him you're not meant to fight your husband into submission you, that's not success you didn't succeed you seem to win because you're afraid if i yielded he would, but you should have prayed to his boss and waited on the lord with a meek and quiet spirit and your character and god can intervene for you and he will change so go and read first Peter 3 from verse 1 to 7 all right knowing should save you this is how your knowledge to produce fruit do you understand the fruit fruit of for the women here if you read this when you read that first peter 3 it says meekness a meek and quiet spirit he said it's of great value in god's eyes it's jewelry in the spirit you're very fine you're a fine woman spiritually when you have a meek and quiet spirit and it's not talking about everywhere it means with your spouse specifically but this is a very rare thing because it's not taught because it's not popular because the feminist movement a very demonic thing which again i've come across many people that have drank from their waters very demonic if you know what it's rooted in you don't look you don't take you don't take something from jezebel and say well it works <laughs> who did you get that from from the bible you got that from jezebel who was more powerful than her husband her husband wants something doesn't get it goes home to sulk she goes up and kills the person kill she now she sealed their doom she destroyed their family it's always so the same way eve your husband saw this tree didn't eat it you came and ate it you guys don't understand how these things work right she didn't say adam can we eat adam let's eat adam pluck now she didn't do it through him she did it directly she took the ate first and then gave him that alone that our condition was sealed if you don't learn from these things or you still think this is an opinion i'm sorry you, you then who will help you no this is the word of god when she killed Naboth for his vineyard elijah showed up that's the day he told him ahab you don't do 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 they blame ahab he said they will there won't be a single male left in your family if you know the story they removed 70 he had 70 sons they removed all their heads and off, kept it in baskets so do you still think this is a small thing he said jezebel dogs will eat her and lick her blood in this vineyard when Naboth died on the day they pushed her from the top everybody has forgotten this thing they pushed her down years later and jehu used his chariot to climb run her over so she died properly then went in to eat and drink then said that nonsense woman go and carry her and bury her she's a king's daughter they went there there was nobody dogs had finished her only the bones the palm they're full of food so they left the palm the bones you know the hand is bony and the feet that's all that was left and they remembered the word of the lord when was this done when he, that woman got up her husband was sulking she, she was taking action don't ever copy jezebel he, she will destroy the fruit is destruction there's nothing else god's ways seem weak but they are powerful how did jesus save the whole world dying on a cross 
What kind of fighting style is that? But look at the world today. Don't struggle. I, was it last Sunday or Wednesday? I shared on the wisdom of God. Wednesday, I think. Don't drag with God's wisdom. Don't even bother. See, when God talks, just say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And run off and go and do it. God's wisdom is, is out of this world. His methods are not yours. So follow his methods. Amen. Call your husband, Lord, by yielding to him. Except he tells you to sin. Then don't sin. Before you say, I say you should sin. Tell him, no, your boss said I shouldn't do it. But any other thing, do it. I find myself exhibiting character I have despised in my parents and siblings, I know. After repenting or judging my parents, what else can I do to overcome these things? Nothing. Just ask God to forgive your parents. Make sure you constantly, if they keep doing it, ask God forgive them. Then submit to them. Be humble. Just normal. You'll be fine. God will see your humility and give you grace not to behave like your parents, okay? My mother has certain grievances against my father, which are valid, yes? She loves me very much, so I try to empathize with her pain. <laughs> so your father doesn't love you very much. That's a presumption. You try to empathize. Yeah, the whole thing about taking sides. You know, I have a lot of people here who refuse to take sides, and their, their parents on this side or the other hate them for it. Wants them to take sides, to put them out, to speak against the father or the mother. Not one person, multiple in our congregation. These are things I handle. Real things. These are real problems. You have families that hate and attack. Say, why don't you join and speak against your father? Why don't you join and speak against... Why do you keep quiet when we are talking? We want you to join in and bash and bash. And that's, it. that's why some people hate me. Without ever meeting me. There are parents who hate me because I taught their children to be different. They want them to be like the whole family. Oh yeah, let's have roast daddy. That's where you roast your daddy. Tear him apart. God, your angels don't look on that gathering with smiling. When I try to make excuses for my father, mm -hmm. they perceive it as me taking his side and trivializing her pain. What can I do to handle this? Don't even be there. What I used to do when I was in any setting where my relatives are for years, when I was still in living with relatives, whenever I am there, I leave the place. I go to the room. I go to my room. I go somewhere else. Don't place yourself in harm's way. And I didn't used to always put my mouth to defend. I did. I got into endless trouble. When you want trouble in this world. <laughs> so I formed the habit of not being there. Yeah. Uh, you don't just sit there at all. Will they notice? Oh, yes. Will it cause problems? Yes. But when you continue and refuse to change, after a while, they leave you alone. And you'll be less tempted to sin. If you insist on joining, putting your mouth, you know you give account for every word you speak, right? To who? Your mother or father? To who? Matthew 12 says to God, one day you give account for every careless word you said. Huh? Instead, be bold enough to write and say, Daddy, Mommy said you did this and that and that. Is it true? Or Daddy, it's true that this thing you do. The Bible, pray for them. It's very difficult with parents, but you must do it the God way. Can you, can you picture this? Did they, hang, they hung Jesus on the cross? Was it right? Was it right? Was he cursing them from the cross? God punish all of you. <laughs> See this crucify, crucify me. All of you, they'll crucify like this. And your children, your children's children, they'll crucify all of you. You see this pain? When I didn't do anything, that's not what... See, real Christianity is tough. That's why there's very little of it, okay? So you have to do the right thing, even though it's hard. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm apologizing on behalf of God. I'm sorry. Real discipleship. Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, take up your cross. And for me, it's a cross. It's painful. So you mean I should be greeting my father? Yes. You mean I should? Yes. But, ah, 
Do you know what my father has done? Do you know what my mother has done? She left us. Do you know my brother, younger brother was only three and she left us? I'm sorry. You need to deal with it. Talk. It will be painful. Do you know how many tears we've seen in this house over the years? How many times we are praying for someone having deliverance and the demon will not leave until they forgive. Number one way to have demons not leave is don't forgive. The number one way to have problems in this world is to not forgive. Believe me. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, my father will not forgive you. I know preachers don't like preaching that passage because it's very hard. How can you not forgive us? You good God. He said, I will not forgive you. He even told a story about a king who forgave a man, then went back and locked him up again because he didn't go and forgive someone else. That's exactly how you must treat your parents. There's no other way. And that's what you must tell your parents. Now, so what your parents is doing in this instance, the mother and sometimes the father, they are trying to get you to hate like them and not forgive. All of them, when they die, if they don't repent and they stand before God, that matter will take them to Hades. It is what it is. <laughs> you don't know what he did. You don't understand. Jesus didn't say based on what they did. He said you must forgive. So how you do it is you pray and say, Father, forgive my father. Father, forgive my mother for what they've done. This, that, amen. Then he said, Mommy, dad or daddy, whoever is the person you're with. I, I read this. I learned this. My pastor taught me this. So I have prayed this. Please, I won't. I, I have to do it because that's what God, our God says I should do. That's all. That's all. That's the end. When you're carried away and your mouth says, hey, but what that is, is not good. Then you remember, stop, leave. Do this and daddy may change. Why? Because God looks and says, have you stopped fighting? Can I intervene now? And he may change. God is the one who changes hearts. You too, you were bad. Were you born, born again? You too were bad. They have not seen the light. You that claim to see the light, why are you not different? So let's say, do you know how many people have gotten born again when someone obeyed what I just said? And you're there blaming them. A blind person that is in bondage, a prisoner of sin. You're blaming a prisoner why he has not left where he is. Why she has not left where she is. She's a prisoner. She's bound to that situation. And it's their fault. I know. It's their fault that they got in prison. But they're in prison. Did I show on captivity last two weeks? If you went here, go and listen to messages I shared on captivity in the last two weeks ago. Last uh, two days or three. Was it Fridays or so? On captivity. People are in captivity to sin. For them to be free, someone has to help them be free. Is this clear? On the issue of cutting off old flames, what if he's your senior classmate and he keeps calling you to assist with your notes? Do you just turn him down? No, lift him up. What is the best way to handle it, especially when he begs and keeps calling? Do you guys want to answer? Huh? Should I answer? There's nothing to answer. If you like, when you wake up in hell one day, you know something. You think you're wiser than everybody. Just leave all those things. Again, I could tell you very many stories. But real stories. People here in our congregation, I know most were in the first service, they could come here and tell you, say, leave all that thing, just stop. You are not wiser than anybody. People were born before you and people have learned to fight before you. You will fail. They always fail. Worse, uh, 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 worse than that, likely you sin against God and defile your body again and walk around in pain. So what happens when you leave school? You are their father, their mother? Stop it. Is it not read read book that led to the first time? Leave all of that. Don't deceive yourself at all. They don't even need you. 
like that. Leave all flames alone. They will burn you. On the issue of living with someone to practice patience and all, what if the person never changes or acknowledges your good work? I mean, you see. Did I say they will acknowledge? I said, okay, so your lecturers must come and say you did very well. You passed ah, your results. Ah, star student. Well done. For you to know you did well. You're not doing it for your lecturer. You're doing it for your future. For You're not even doing it for your future spouse. You're doing it for yourself. You know what they call enlightened self-interest? Huh? You don't know what enlightened self-interest is? You know what self-interest is? You know where you go and learn how to sue in addition to your certificate? Huh? Is it hard? But is it possible to be putting cash in your hand? Does it bring sight? Does it bring something? That's self-interest. That is enlightened. Not just sitting there and saying, I'm looking out for myself. I'm not doing something. This thing I described is what you do to help you. So by the time your spouse is acting a certain way, you want to get angry. Like, let me tell you why people feel very angry with their spouses. Because you're like, I can take it from anybody, but why you? You are the one who should love me. You are the one person who should not act like that towards me. It's carrying that thing in your head that will give you most of your problems. Just forget that thing. I'm sorry. No, are you saying my spouse won't make up? He will, she will, but they will fail. There will be times they are like, leave me alone. In their mind, I don't care whether you feel hot or not. I don't give a hoot. There will be times that they will be utterly selfish. There are times they will yield to the devil and say, oh God, go and find some, go and buy something and eat. You better buy something and eat. Oh. You see me, so I'm not cooking. They're like, what? And they do it. Now, what will you do? Divorce them? Eh? Or they go and put, do something that you are clearly saying, in this house, you won't eat noodles. And they will do a bit manage. You got a bit manage. Now, is it right? Completely wrong. I'm utterly against it. But, Again, will you divorce her? You beat her? Will you slap her? Oh. So what will you now do? Go out and buy a bitch. She told you to go and buy food since <laughs> I'm <laughs> Women, better delete that thing from my If you ever use it, don't say my pastor even said it. I did, I will never support you. So if you like, don't cook. Plan your life. Cook on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. So please forget about acknowledging your good work. I don't know what you mean. Mopping of floor, dirtying it, illustration you gave. That's my present di dilemma. And it's with my father. You need to be flogged. <laughs> you need to be flogged. But let me not say it so they won't flog you on the road. God have mercy on you. Your father. You can't endure with your father. Then, Kunle. <laughs> you, you don't understand. What you cannot endure from your father, you even have the space to be angry. Then there's no need now. Make sure you don't marry for the next two years. Though. You have a lot of work. You're not serious. You want to point out to your father that that is the floor. <laughs> oh God. Hey, have mercy on this child. Is there a particular reason why God was particularly mad at Moses? Okay, Moses. So much that despite his God feels, why has that to do with anything we study? So this question about Moses, I'm keeping it. This other one about BBS and Hades. The place of the dead. I'm keeping it too. And uh, maybe Wednesday, you come and ask your question. He's going to prepare a place for them. Come and take. Please, whoever asks these questions, these ones, hmm? this one about Moses and this one about Hades and preparing a place to come and take you there. These are things I've answered so many times over the years. Almost any old person can answer you. Okay? So as you're living here now, Say, have you been here for up to two years? Three. Answer this question. Just be discussing it as you're walking. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Just ask that question as your leg. They were cardigo. Okay. Other than that, please keep it also. If they raise it again on Wednesday, if they pass it, note, say, I was, I want that question answered. So we know they are present. I will answer it. It's not a hard question. And it's not easy to answer because you need to open multiple verses. 
to prove it. And I don't want to do that. We've overshot my time for more than an hour. So I'm sorry. It's an easy thing for the old people. In a situation where you report a wrong done to the pastor and question this wrong done in the church, but the pastor tells you one, it's a church thing. Two, church matters are not questioned. Three, the individuals in the church are human, so I should not expect them to be angels. Yes, I'm perfect. Yes. Do I let it slide and pretend not to see it? I wish you were more specific. So it depends. If, for example, there's a leader, like one cat, you know how you have examples, you can't even tell it. It's so nasty. Which example do I use? But I was thinking of a real example. Many, many years here in this town. Many years, 15 years ago or something. Up to 15. You know, I'm one popular musician, all that. You know, and they will do something and then they go and report and zero happens. Like, so it's likely, of course, many times the pastor is like that. So maybe they are their mentor. So they would say things like it doesn't matter. The correct thing to do is to address a thing. If it's bothering someone, it should be addressed. When I know something is bothering someone in this church or more than one person or might be a matter, I come, I stand and address it. I won't call the characters or the people involved. I don't want them to feel embarrassed, but I, I let them know in case there's a, this happens, this is what to do. Don't think we condone it. Remember, those that are strong ought to bear the burdens of the weak. So you don't let someone be a stumbling block to any of these little ones. The Bible says it's better a stone was tied on your neck be thrown into the depths of the sea. Alright, so I don't know what you mean by keeping on voicing it out. I think if you're in a church where they ignore evil, you should leave. I'm sure you're not talking about this church group. I think you should leave it. If you see evil going on, I want to give the example of a young, a, a praise leader. You know, they used to have this big program, you know, but you call this girl and tell her disgusting things and just attempt things and do things like that. You don't go reporting that to a pastor and they say the church thing, this and that, and it goes on. It's a lie. If they do nothing, then you know likely the pastor is like that. Or the pastor is more interested in the music going on, more interested in the person's services. Doesn't care. On the other hand, there are situations where you tell someone something and the leader, I have been in that situation, you hear something and you are taking action behind. It's not public action. And they don't know. The public does not know. You that knows, you expected they should do a certain thing. And what I tell my people is, come to me if, if you expect something and it's not being done. Don't hide. Don't be afraid. If you're afraid, write it down, pass it to someone to pass to someone to pass to me. I've given them permission and said, I won't ask who sent it. If you don't want to be known, just write anonymous. Don't bother. Don't be afraid. So if something has to be addressed, because sometimes you think you know it's something and you don't really know. You don't really know. So, someone may have done wrong and repented about it completely. So why are you bringing public when you did wrong? Was it brought public? So what's that? There are things that need to be publicized. There are those that don't need to be. All right. So again, your illustration is limiting in your expression. I can't answer better than that because you didn't give me more detail. Amen. All right. Have you learned anything today? All this marriage talk, eh? Kai. God, have mercy. Marriage talk. Uh, don't blame me on the marriage talk. We are going to pray. My emphasis was on dogs. Separated life. How we are meant to. And then you can say we apply this specifically to marriage. Give an example. Make sure you don't hook up with a dog. Make sure you are not a dog. Someone that will go back to old behavior. Fo work on yourself. Focus on being faithful now. Focus on being consistent. Focus on growing in goodness, righteousness, 
and truth. That's what we must do. Practice it. When you marry, let it be when you speak. Your spouse knows you always tell the truth. You're a truthful person. Not the one that you are still, you always had a weakness with lying. Then you continue. Now you are messing with the foundation. You're messing with your marriage. When your spouse can't trust you, where is this joy and happiness you're talking about? Where do you want it to come from? When nobody knows what you're saying, whether it's true or false. So focus on yourself and pray. If you have, whenever you get to know your spouse, you pray for them. You know, you're watching and learning. If you notice that the person that says they want to marry you is always telling lies. Don't you think you should pause? They may have a demon of lies. I've cast demons of lies out of people. And they went, ah, ah. Don't think. It's not everything that someone does. That is there. I've seen people that love the Lord and don't like lying. They feel very bad. Whenever they lie, they come back and confess. And they say, I don't even know what's wrong with me. It seems I just lie even without thinking. And I've prayed for people and seen manifestations of things going. This is real. So when you see something in a person, don't presume. It's like that thing about immorality. Many spouses, that's the point. So, you know, you presume. They just want to cheat on you. No, many of them, they are very committed. When I marry, I will not ever cheat on my wife. Even unbelievers. But have you cast out the spirits that might be there? Some people don't have any demons associated with them. But some people have. They have received demons of promiscuity. So you keep saying funny things like, can you imagine the fine wife he married? Have you ever seen his wife? Very fine woman. I can't even imagine why he, it has nothing to do with fineness. The spirit of promiscuity on him, on her, must move. That's what you should have been doing before marriage. Presenting yourself or your spouse to be, to be cleaned up. Like, like the wedding dress you rented is going to be cleaned. Rather, you focused on wedding dress. You didn't focus on your internal state. And you see, please, I, why am I stressing this thing so much? I always do stress it when I speak about it. Because I don't hear others stressing it as they should. But even more important, of course, I don't listen to many others anymore. So, recent years. So, who knows? They might be stressing it. But from the common reaction, I don't think people hear it enough. But more importantly, can you stress these things with your friends? Or if you don't want too many of your friends coming to live in your house in the future, stress it now. If you don't want to be in the center of resolving marriage issues, talk to them now. Don't the, the, say, I'm happy for you. Are you sure you shouldn't be grieving for them? Is there everything you're happy for someone for? It's not everything. I'm happy for you. Hey, yeah. It's just about to start experiencing hell or bringing hell on top of someone. And you say you're happy. You know he's a randy soul. Has 18 girlfriends. And you're happy for the girl? Is she not finished? It is far better. This is why I told my people. Someone said, I won't marry you, male or female. You're in agreement. You have somehow come into agreement. You've gone through the process of procedure of the church and you think he's married. I would suggest if they are outsiders from far away or from wherever, I would suggest you keep them around though. Let them hear your pastor long It will cast out some things though. Before the D-Day, it may take two years. One, not married. No, we have married class for three months. So what? So what? This your spouse to be I've been dealing with for four years and has had endless marriage class. It is still very problematic, very stubborn. You, you just came three months. Three months is not just talk. It's not teachings. Literally laying on the fans, you spirit of immorality. Leave! If you don't cast it out. People have had spirits of lust. I've known people. I don't know how do I explain this. <laughs> I say it. <laughs> but a spirit of lust, you know, 
fighting, struggling. But the day the person was delivered, thank God it didn't happen in a public meeting because those deliverances were happening in public. The person was in private and had a very powerful ejaculation. That's the day the demon left. That's the first time I've said it out. Chai. Bonus. But fact, person was serious Christian, but lost to grab him like this. He will be almost, you think everything is natural. Everything is not natural, I beg. Everything is not natural. Is it pornography or masturbation? There are people that are married. They prefer to masturbate than marry, that be with their spouse. Do you understand how crazy that is? They prefer to be in front of pornography, watching porn, and their spouse is in the house. It's not that the spouse says, leave me alone. You think, what is natural about that? So it's not about whoever comes out wearing a nice suit or a nice dress. And speaking good English, what has that to do with what happens inside? When you think people, have you heard couples when they say in court, irreconcilable differences? Have you ever asked what that means? I'm not trying to scare you about you. I've told you you want to be scared. Be scared about yourself. Stop looking at someone else. It's you. Be scared of you. Now go to work. Go to work. Go to work. Love God. Learn about God. Learn the fear of God. It is the fear of God that can make my wife be at peace. I can travel years ago where I used to travel a lot in my work at the time. Travel here, travel there, be here, be there. You know, stay in hotel rooms endlessly up and down and everywhere. My wife is not standing and saying, who, where are you? Is there anybody there with you? Turn your camera around. <laughs> there was never anything like that. The self-control I had acquired over a, third, a 20 year period before I married, that self-control helped me. So I think if someone goes from being having boyfriend, girlfriend all around, he just get born again. I, I'm inclined to say, wait first. And there's someone I like, wait first. Uh, if God said yes. I prayed about it, God said yes. Pastor, have you prayed? Yes, I prayed. What did God say? Yes. And uh, now, what's stopping it? Let's fix the date. No. I'm 100% sure God said you should marry her. I'm also 100% sure it is not time because there's a time for everything. Do you understand? This is what people don't understand. How many of you like corn? Fresh corn? Go and plant it. You, will you plant? Who wants to plant corn? You harvest it by January. Who wants to plant? How many of you know it will not work? Some of you don't even know what we are talking about. <laughs> How many of you know you cannot plant corn now? You will not have any crop. Forget it. The conditions of the weather, rain, dry season, all. It will never, you will never harvest any corn. There's a time for everything. That's the point. God has said, yes, it is him, it is her. Did you ask when? It may be four years from now. If I was here, I wouldn't tell them anything yet. Maybe two years to the time I'll tell, or three. Not four. Because next thing you're communicating daily, then you're on fire. Then a marriage that have started in integrity and dignity starts with immorality. Then for the rest of your married life, even though God has never stopped loving both of you, that tree of mistrust, of unfaithfulness you planted, plagues you. So I would rather now that we know, let's be developing. Spend time, give it time. I repeat, whoever are the specific people that this message is for that won't let us go. See, you will never be able to say God did not love you. You will never be. You see everybody that is here because of you. You will never be able to say God did not love you. I know all of you need the message, but this, they are specific people. You will never be able to say God did not love you and you were not warned. You will never be able to say it. Angels are my witness. Humans are my witness. All of you take note. Because one day, one one will put a bone in their nose and say, that game you're talking, you're talking about me, but I just said that maybe, 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 maybe. Usually what happens is that when I say something and I, I can't drop it, it means someone is still arguing. 
you know, one day, many, it happens hundreds of times, but it is a funny one. So I remember I was preaching. I kept standing here. I, I won't say, I won't tell you. <laughs> I tell you that the person that did it was here. Okay. Person was sitting here somewhere. They were newer. And I was talking and I said, you know, this typhoid thing, many times it's not typhoid. It's just this and that. See that message, see you're wasting your time. Better get rid of that medication. All that is not time for anything. Doctors said this. Real doctors have said this, this, this. So they just use you to get money. And then I'll get back to my message. What has typhoid to do with message? I then I'll leave it. Then the last time I said, ah, eh. after the meeting, somebody around here now told somebody. They invited them and said, do you know pastor only stopped saying that thing? The moment I said in my mind, okay, I'll not swallow it again. That's the only time he could stop. That's when he said, I'll not say it again. And I was free. Now, did I know? Did I know that the young lady had typhoid medication in her handbag that was this close to me? And, and, and that she had been wasting her time and her money? And when she stopped swallowing, did she get well? She got well. And all of that, you know, all those unnecessary headaches that you get from swallowing antibiotics. You don't even know. You're weakening your immune system. Antibiotics weaken your immune system. That's why you're prone to get sick thereafter. Your immune system goes weak because antibiotics generate things to fight for you. So your body's natural generation of fighters, the, an the antibodies, weakens. Since there's no, it's like someone who never does something. Others are doing it for them. That's what antibiotics do. No, maybe number one money maker for pharmacists in this nation. You have malaria, you have typhoid. Mo Almost none of you have ever had typhoid. You're like, no, they tested me. You didn't have typhoid. You uh, go and do tests tomorrow. Last time I gave this experiment, I told someone, go and do a test for malaria. I sent five people. I paid for it. They came back. Out of five, two or three came back with malaria positive. Perfectly healthy people. I, I, I said five people that are perfectly healthy. Go and do tests. You see if, you're, if you don't have malaria and typhoid. They came back with tests. They were positive for malaria and typhoid. But they're 100% healthy. They felt not sick at all. I want to explain, because I've said it for years, many people don't believe it. You're in Nigeria, and on average, it's plasmodium parasite of some sort inside your blood. So a lot of time, you're, you're running after what is not missing. And they know. Some know, some don't. But they don't care. Money is the thing. <laughs> it's a matter of cash. So I'm saying when something holds on like this, usually it's because there's someone that is... I want you all to... Uh, well, I, I pray God will show you mercy, whoever you are, or whoever you are. Mm -hmm. I pray God will show you mercy and grace, and you will not be wiser than your fathers. I pray you will believe and you will receive grace to be patient. For through faith and patience, attain the promises. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Before uh, before you stand up and pray, please, if there's anything else you'd like to ask or you felt I like didn't answer it too well, please, you can get this and Abel Mokasos number, send her, written. Ask for more clarity. Ask more specifically, okay? You know, she'll forward it to me. I will send back the answer. I can do a voice note and answer you even today if I get it and rem I'm reminded, okay? So anything else you want to ask, please. Not a separate question that has to do with the things we emphasized. Other things come on Wednesday, 5 p.m. Bible study, and we can answer it. You don't know, it might become the whole sermon if it's something I've not spoken on much. 
Other than that, the technical teams can give you sometimes many messages where I've answered that thing. All right? God wants you to understand. Remember, understanding is what will produce fruit. I'd like us to stand to our feet. Have you learned anything? Do you think God has loved you? I'd like to lift your hands and tell the Lord, thank you very much for the things I've heard and learned. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are grateful. We thank you for understanding, for enlightenment, for revelation, for wisdom. Thank you for the truth that makes us free. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you. Thank you for the spirit of truth. Amen. Praise God. I want us to ask the Lord for understanding like you've never had. Now listen, I know I pray that for you. I prayed that at the beginning. Ask for the spirit of truth. And the Lord has done that. But I want you to very specifically ask the Lord specifically for yourself. You use one minute, okay? And just appeal to him and say, please, I personally, not because Pastor Ita prayed it, I personally want to have what they call knowledge and understanding. You need it. Without it, you will not bear fruit. Go and read Philippians 1. And this is my prayer from verse 9, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you may be able to discern what is best. Even this marriage matter. To be able to discern what is best is as your love abounds more and more in knowledge and understanding. So you can discern this is a good person. This is a bad person. This is a very selfish person. This is a person that will acquire endless debt. This is a person who will make our family life wretched. This one is going to weaken. You know, you can, God can begin to give you all of that. If you abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Even if God still says, I want you to marry them, but you know what to expect. So you can start preparing towards it. You can know what book to tell your spouse to be. Hey, let's read this book together. Because you're not so carried away by the person's beauty or good looks. You're not carried away by their good job. You're able to discern what is best. That's what scripture says. And that you may be pure and blameless till the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. Here's Philippians 1. That comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The fruits of righteousness will abound in your life. We are talking about fruit. Fruit that comes from holy living. When you separate yourself from God, you grow in knowledge. When you grow in knowledge, you produce fruit. When the master comes for you, he will say, this is a good tree. And he will bless you. You will receive rewards. When you are unfruitful. You will be cut down. Pray about these things. Tell the Lord what you desire. Father, we desire to be fruitful trees, full of knowledge, full of understanding, full of insight. Oh Lord, help us. Help us be prepared. Help us comprehend. Help us walk in everything we need. Good God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please, I encourage everyone when you go back, always go back and pray about things and study. Go through the message. Go through the scriptures. Make sure you do. Remember, um, even what I'm sharing here is the fruit of my own relationship with God over the years from the knowledge I've acquired and all of that. That's where I'm just taking from my fruit. I'm plucking from the things I have gotten to share a little with you. There's a lot more where it came from. But how long has it taken to cultivate it? Very many years. Very many years. 20 something years. Almost 30. A long time. You, some of you have almost nothing. Very little knowledge. On anything. So focus. Apply yourself. Sit under. Learn. Ask questions. The Bible. Number one friend. Final prayer. I want you to pray. I already prayed a little for you. But let us let me just give you a few seconds to pray for yourself. Ask God that you will be prepared for married life. And 
God should listen. This one you pray very little. In fact, forget it. I'll pray it. Only pray for yourself. Forget your spouse to be. Pray for yourself. Father, help me prepare. Help me prepare. Help me prepare. Help me prepare, Lord God. Help me be prepared day and night, however you would, to grow in love and knowledge and understanding. Help me be prepared, Lord God, in skill and ability, in patience and kindness. Oh, Lord, my God. Help me learn from the people around me, the circumstances. Help me learn. Help me learn. Help me learn, learn, learn. Almighty God, help me learn and grow and help me humble myself, knowing I will need it. I'll need tons of humility in the days to come. Equip me, O oh God. Equip us. Equip everyone in this place. Equip your children, O oh God. Show them mercy. Let them have delightful lives ahead. In the midst of the challenges, let them have the weapons of fruit already prepared. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Capacity comes from you. Blessed be your name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, I ask for everyone's future spouse here. You know them. I ask that you prepare them to prepare them. Prepare them to match. Prepare them in growth. Prepare them even with the test. Let the temptation or the challenge they will present. Let this one be prepared to surmount. Let the challenge this one will present. Let them be prepared to surmount. Whatever is meant for evil, let it work for good. This is my prayer. Give grace. Give more grace. Give grace. Do more than we can ask for. Imagine. Let them have wonderful testimonies of your kindness. Let them be able to teach others. Lord, put a passion and love in our hearts to help our brethren and loved ones out there. May we be, not be those who keep quiet and watch people fall into a deep pit. Give us the bonus to love. Thank you. Amen. And before I pray the closing prayer, if you have an offering, you went here in the first service, are you there? You know, you can give or you can make a transfer. Father, I'm asking that every offering given that you receive it and use it for your glory and extend your kingdom. I ask that you replenish and I ask that you provide for the needy in our midst. Let them not lack what they need. Father, I ask that you teach them to be good stewards of what they have. Give grace, give favor. Even today, every need be supplied. Thank you. Amen. I ask as they go, bless them, keep them, give them grace. Give them knowledge and understanding. Make them a light wherever they go. Let them shine on everyone they come across. May no bushels cover our light. Let them be used to bring honor to the name of Jesus. Let the fruits of goodness, righteousness, and truth follow them all the days of their lives. Thank you. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.